And good morning. Welcome back to me. It's weird looking at it from this side. Doing a left to right bit now. Don't know how I feel about it. Hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He's Griffin. And appreciate uh, the fact that um, I was able to get a week off, get a week to spend with my family and go down to the uh, the happiest place on earth. Where's the camera now? Is that me? Hi. That yeah. Way, yeah. Very much the happiest. Jesus Christ. So it was a great time? The kids were very happy. Why are my headphones? Why are they so low right now? What, what happened there? Turn, turn, turn me up my headphones. Turn me up my headphones. Turn me up my headphones. Um, not that far up. Uh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somewhere around there. That's fine. We got to get that back towards me somehow so I can control that when I need to. It's tough because we all want to be able to control. We got to work on that. That's things. Let me pull the curtain back. I went to Disney World for a week. It was obviously not great timing because it was when the Ravens season ended. And so it would have been good to be here and doing a show. And the Ravens had their end of season press conference and the whole thing. Is the way it worked. Uh, I was offered to have some of my trip paid for. Definitely not all of it. Some of it paid for. When somebody offers to do that, you work around their schedule. That's the way that it goes. And so this is when it was possible. Uh, this will almost certainly be the only time my kids ever get to go to Disney World. That's the way that it is. I'm not exactly rolling in money. So, believe it or not, I know you'd think that from the uh, the sexy nature of what it is that we do here. Um, so this is what it, this is what it was going to be. And so not ideal, not the, the perfect circumstance. But it's fine, and it just so happened to be that we needed to do a little housekeeping here at Pressbox, and we needed to move from essentially one office to another for various reasons. They'll bore you, but we had to do that. So with me being gone last week, Griffin took the time and did exactly that, moved us from one office to another. And it's going to take me a minute to get adjusted to that, but our studio has shifted like four feet to the right. Which now means I get to hear car alarms as they go off. So I got that going for me, which is nice. That's definitely not going to be distracting at all during the course of this show. See what the Army wants to do about that. Good to be back. Um, sorry that we weren't able to do shows last week. And honestly, I, I try to be about as limited as possible as far as my content was concerned. Just out of respect to my family, frankly. Um they deserve to have I got a week off. I don't get the I don't do that very frequently. They deserve to have all of me. My kids were having the time of their life and they deserve to have me be present for that. So um I know like it was again not the perfect week for that to happen with the Ravens being eliminated and everything going on, Greg Roman getting not fired, but parting ways, whatever you want to call it, with the Baltimore Ravens. Not the ideal time for it, but that's the way that worked out. I, I hope that you understand. Thank you for understanding. That's the way it's going to be. We, I've talked before. There might be more changes coming at some point during the year. I have no idea. We are considering a lot of different things, but for now, it's good to be back. And for now, we shift into there's – there's a joke within the sports media community that there are – you know we cover both sports here, in-season football and out-of-season football, right? Like that, just because the season is over – 
as many of you know, that doesn't mean that football isn't the highest priority. Now, unlike some other places, we do also cover like college sports, and we will certainly probably do far more Orioles this year than we were planning to do a year ago, right? Because there's the thought they could be more relevant. So there's lots of other stuff to do. But the focus is going to continue to be football because, let's be frank, that's that's what drives this. And the focus will, of course, continue to here be the Baltimore Ravens, who have one particular thing that still remains very much at the center of the universe. Jonas Schaefer is going to join us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk to him about uh, the Ravens press conference last week. I'm writing about it today at PressBoxOnline.com. Uh, also, we will talk some Terps this morning. Got a good win over Michigan last week. I get it. Michigan's not very good, but they do have an interior presence, and there was a time where I didn't know that Maryland would win a game against a team that had an interior presence. They damn near made it, too. Damn near went on the road. Be- but by the way, everything that you think about Purdue, I feel like I agree wholeheartedly. They're not actually a good basketball team. They have an alien. They have an alien, and in college basketball, that's good enough to win you a bunch of games alone. You have one alien. They're not a very good team. They're not. I don't think they're going to make a very deep run in the NCAA tournament, but I get it. They, because they're stockpiling wins, they, they have to be ranked as highly as they are. They have to be considered a number one seed. I'm not trying to be disrespectful towards Purdue, but come on, man. Like They just don't have a whole lot else. They have a player. It sort of feels like, um, remember when, when the year that RG3 was at Baylor and they like they treated him winning the Heisman Trophy like they had won the national championship? Because they realized like, like that's what they had. They had one dude. And it sort of feels like that what it is with Purdue basketball. They have one dude. Hell of a dude to have. Wouldn't mind having one of those. Give me an alien when you can get it. But um, Maryland put up a lot of fight. We'll talk to Chris Naki about all that a little bit later on. Also, Jeremy Kahn joins us, which is weird because he didn't even do his own show today. So, I don't know what that's all about. I did see he was celebrating his son's 21st birthday this weekend. So, maybe that, uh, maybe the plan was this, this could get a little out of hand. Uh, our buddy Peyton, who also works over at 1057 The Fan. So, we'll catch up with Jeremy later on in the morning as well. Today's show brought to you by UMBC Athletics. On the road this week for a couple of games before the UMBC men return home February 1st to take on Binghamton. You need to experience game day at the peak. You can get your tickets right now by going to umbcretrievers.com. The UMBC women are home for a pair of games this week, Wednesday night against NJIT, Saturday afternoon against Vermont. Get your tickets for those as well at umbcretrievers.com. Um my column today at PressBoxOnline.com dives into the question that I feel like most people were asking in the aftermath of the Ravens press conference last week, which is, how honest are they being? And to be clear, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But what I, I definitely can't do is say that you're wrong to ask. In fact, I would go the opposite of that. It's the only relevant question that I felt after that there wasn't a lot of direct answers to begin with when it came to the Ravens press conference it was a lot of dodginess look as I'm going to give away my column as I'm going to write this is the the Steve Bishotti thing in 2018 was the kind of the final straw for me when it came to Ravens press conferences it was the one time I felt like the Ravens could put aside all of the well we don't want an opponent to gain any information about us we 
Steve Bishotti typically was the person that came in and kind of said, look, if I'm going to be here, I'm just going to tell you what's going on. And then, of course, famously, he's asked about the quarterback thing. He says, we got bigger fish to fry. And they go and turn around and draft Lamar Jackson. And that was time I said, oh, right, Steve's got to be in on it too. And this isn't a knock on the Baltimore Ravens. I want to be abundantly clear. It's not their biggest responsibility, as much as we want it to be. I would love if the single biggest responsibility the Ravens had was to be transparent and honest and open with the media, with their fan base, with everybody about everything that's going on within their organization. It ain't their job. And I've said this a billion times. We can be as holier as thou than thou as we want to be about this when it comes to the media, but the dirty little secret is we don't need this much sports media. I know that's a terrible thing for me to say when I work in the business, but I'll be the first to say it. We don't need this much. We need to hold politicians accountable. We need to hold the leaders of our country accountable. There's very few instances where we need to hold sports franchises accountable. I I think, for example, if the Baltimore Ravens are going to get $600 million worth of public money, they should have high school playoffs being played at their stadium. I think the local high school kids deserve the right to play at their stadium. And they're, well, we're worried about what it does to the surface, all of that. you got to figure that out. You're getting $600 million. In that instance, I think the Ravens should be held accountable. But $600 million worth of public money for a stadium doesn't mean that the Ravens need to be held accountable for whether or not they're going to have Chuck Clark on the roster next year. So I'm defensive of them and the fact that they kind of have to be dodgy or outright lie. Or not that they have to, that it's just better for them. I don't need to know. Anyone listening here doesn't need to know. We want to, but we don't need to. It's not going to impact our lives in any way whether or not the Ravens are going to uh, acquire a wide receiver this offseason. I say it's not going to impact. It would be pleasant, but it's not going to have a direct impact. We'd like it. (laughs) They damn well better. (laughs) But it's not going to have a direct impact on our lives. The same way that, you know, if taxes are going to be raised, it will have a direct impact on our lives. You understand the difference. I think we're all intelligent enough to get that. So when somebody says, we need to take them to task, we need to, no, we need to take the people that actually make decisions that matter to task. Like, that's that's what matters, not this. I get it. We all care about this a great deal. Thank God, or else I wouldn't be able to have a microphone in front of my face. I would have been coming back from Disney World to go back to mopping floors or something like that instead. We like it. We care about it. We want it to be a certain way. But, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Stay with me. Ravens aren't going to be honest. That's fine. I chose some time ago I was going to stop being a part of the show, right? Like, whatever game they're playing, we want to put this information out there so people think that it's factual. I'm just not going to be a part of it, and that's fine. Like, this is not... I have no hard feelings involved. I try to report in ways that I can using my own sources, team sources, league sources, whenever I feel the need to do it. I've changed the way that I go. I still watch the press conferences because I am interested in what the answers are because sometimes I do feel like because of all the experience I've had covering the team, I can parse truth 
Not always, but sometimes. What did I learn about the Lamar Jackson situation from the Ravens press conference last week? Not a damn thing. Nothing. Zero. Zero. Only to the extent that I guess there was some scenario where the Ravens could have walked in and said, hey, surprise, we announced uh, we've got a contract done. Or they, I guess, could have walked in and said, we're announcing that we've already, well, I guess they couldn't have done that. The season's not over yet. They can't announce that they've made a trade. Neither of those things was going to happen. So the only thing that we could learn was one of those. Outside of that, we weren't going to learn anything. To be abundantly clear, all of the reporting that I've done, and I'm not trying to pretend like I'm reporting even at the level that the Jonas reports, Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Banner, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. I have never had someone suggest to me that the Ravens would prefer to move on from Lamar Jackson. Everything has always remained the same. The Ravens want to do a deal with Lamar Jackson. The extent they're willing to go in order to get that deal done, I haven't been able to get a straight answer on that. We all know the numbers are out there about the reporting, $133 million. Mike Florio, because he thinks he's the smartest man on the face of the planet, wants you to know that that's not the really important number. The really important number is what's fully guaranteed in the first year, blah, 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 blah. I think that's the only thing that we can take at this point as being factual because we've now had multiple different people report the exact same thing, that that was on the table. Good offer, apparently not good enough for Lamar Jackson, which is fine. He has every right to ask for market value. And whether the Ravens like it or not, market value became what Deshaun Watson got from the Browns. Which, by the way, doesn't mean that's exactly what Lamar Jackson's asking for either. I have had people in the reporting process tell me that it is not as black and white as sometimes we've suggested it. That it's either fully guaranteed or nothing that there might be more wiggle room in there than some people have reported or have hypothesized, particularly from the Lamar Jackson camp. Clearly, not as much wiggle room as to make that offer work. They have time right now to go back and try to work on this. And whether the Ravens think that Lamar Jackson could have pushed it and tried to test his injured knee at the end, they're never going to tell you the truth about that. They'll never do that. I heard a bunch of different things. I didn't report all of them because that's not how reporting works. Just hearing stuff isn't good enough for me. I just told you, I have been told by multiple people that it's not necessarily as simple as fully guaranteed or it's dead. But when I hear other things, when I hear somebody say, well, the Ravens think yeah, whatever. Yeah, go, go take a shot, put a brace on. I, I've heard plenty of things, none of which I'd be comfortable reporting. I don't know how the Ravens felt about it. And they left enough dodginess. Like Eric DaCosta said, we don't think that Lamar Jackson, you know, not playing was related to his contract. But he didn't say, that's absurd. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He was even dodgy about that answer. To be clear, 
If the Ravens believe that Lamar Jackson was truly holding out at the end of the year, there's no coming back from that. They would not attempt to keep Lamar Jackson on this football team. There's no coming back from that as a football player with a football team. I have no reason to think the Ravens truly believe Lamar Jackson was simply holding out. Zero. In fact, I would go the opposite way. I have every reason to believe that's not the case. So here we are in the exact same spot that we were before. Is the relationship between... On the national level, people that have no idea what's going on, if you get your information from those people, you're a dope. I I love you. God bless. But when someone tweets me about what some dude on Fox Sports Radio or some guy who's on FS1 says about the... You're wasting your time. They don't know. They're talking out of their ass. Now they're compensated for it, and God bless them. I'm not knocking them. It's not on them. The Nick Wrights of the world. I don't even know who Nick Wright is and how he became a thing. Honest to God, I don't. I don't know where he came from. I don't know like what, what his connections are. I know nothing about the guy. I've never watched or listened to him. He might be the nicest guy on the face of the planet. He might be the most talented broadcaster. But if you think Nick Wright knows something about the Ravens that Jonas Schaefer doesn't, you're insane. That's on you. He went to Syracuse. God bless him. Everybody did. I, and again, he might be the most gifted broadcaster in the history. I've never watched a show. I've never, I don't know. This ain't my world. Because I know he doesn't know something. If you choose to get your information from those places, that's on you, not them. You're the dope. You're wasting your time. When you hear all of this nonsense, this is damage beyond repair. We should, they should be talking about trading Lamar for Justin Fields straight. You, they're just talking out of their ass. And I know a thing or two about that. I remember my 50th beer. I remember my 5,000th beer. They were all the same. I just talked out of my ass. That's what you want. Go do, go get it. But they don't know something. They don't know anything. None of this also means that this is go, not going to end in a bad way. It could still very well be that the Ravens don't get something worked out with Lamar Jackson. And at some point in this process, and this is where, like when you, I, I'm not trying to make fun of these people either. When Jeremy Fowler puts out a report that says, Well, there's belief within the league that if the Ravens can't get something worked out with Lamar Jackson, that they would consider trading him. Yeah! (laughs) Yes! Like, that would be the option, wouldn't it? And I'm not trying to knock Jeremy Fowler, because I don't think he was trying to suggest that he knew something. Like, I I got a hot tip here. I got a hot scoop. Yes, that would be the process. You try to get something worked out, and if you can't, you trade him. That that would be how it would go. Which goes back to my original point. Do we know something more than we knew before the Ravens press conference last week? Nope. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I, I thought the most direct answer, and I, I gave it away in my comment, I thought the most direct answer you got was the answer about Ben Powers. I thought essentially Eric DaCosta said, we don't think he's going to be here next year. 
But even that, they got to leave wiggle room, right? Like Ben Powers might find out the market's not as robust as he thinks. There might be a path for that to work out for him to return. But of of all of the answers he gave, I thought that was the most direct answer. We think he's going to be sought after in free agency. You you can speak to Costian. You can understand what he's saying is, we've kind of done the math on that one. We don't think it's going to work out. We like Ben, but we kind of know. And that was the most direct answer, was a dodgy answer. So here we are. They need an offensive coordinator. Lots of names being bandied about. Some they've already requested. Some are just being loosely... I mean, again, speaking of Jeremy Fowler, he tied the Ravens to just about everybody. Frank Reich, Eric Bianchi, tied them to all of them. So that's one that we'll have to see play out. I do think it's interesting. How are you talking to offensive coordinator candidates with such an unknown? If you're a quality offensive coordinator candidate, why would you want to come to Baltimore unless you know with certainty that Lamar Jackson is going to be your quarterback? I mean, imagine a scenario where, like, well, it could be Lamar Jackson, but it also might be Zach Wilson. Like, imagine. I don't know how you hire the guy you want, which doesn't mean that you can't hire another guy that doesn't turn out to be very good. I just don't know. Like, those conversations have to be awkward to me. John Harbaugh can say, hey, we think this is a very desirable job. And to some extent it is. Like, there's still only 32 of them available in the NFL. And the Ravens are a far more stable franchise than some of the other ones that might be available. Of course, it's going to be a job that somebody would want. But for the guy to take that job, whoever that might be, given such an unknown, very interesting to me. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, This man, I think, since the last time we chatted with him, got a new job. He, of course, now is at the Baltimore Banner, covering the Baltimore Ravens. He is our friend, Mr. Jonas Schaefer, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jonas, good morning. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing okay, Glenn. How about yourself? Uh, do you get like the big company car now? You get like you know your cell phone taken. You get like that. Like, you get all the trimmings now at the Baltimore Banner, correct? I actually don't have a car now because mm. my my uh, my long lived Prius died on the last day of uh, my employment at the Sun. That's pretty funny. So now I'm in the market for a car, and I know what I want, but it's just a very very tough car to get with the. Uh, Economy being what it is, and you know, cars go, go, coming out of the country and going out of the country and that kind of thing. So, uh, if, if you see a reasonably priced uh, Hyundai Tucson, somebody, okay. somebody help this man, please. Someone help Johnny Schaefer in this process, dude. I, it, good for you for knowing what. Whenever I am in a situation where I need a new car, I'm just sort of like, what can I afford? <laughs> like, what is it? Yeah. I don't care what it is. I am just. Not I have bad. an uncle who's a big car guy, and he okay. has honestly been the oracle through all this. So just, just so just have family members who know what the hell they're talking about That's, is what my recommendation would be. That is very smart. That is a, yeah. Talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Probably is something that we should all consider on a lot of things in our lives, but that's not the way that it works, Jonas. Speaking of which, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. You know what you're talking about. Um, I, I my question, and I I wrote about it today at Pressbox after I watched the press conference last Thursday. 
How honest do you feel like John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta were being? Uh, and how upfront do you feel like they were being when it comes specifically to Lamar Jackson? You know, I think they were being sincere in their intention to keep him. I, I think there was also, you know, a, a level of frustration with his injury history and with just the, you know, some of the stuff that that's happened behind the scenes. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I agree with John that none of the injuries that he's had the past couple of years are, you know, it's not really evidence that he's set up for the long haul to be just a potentially crippled quarterback, but it is worrisome. And I think, you know, injured players tend to stay injured. I think that's just a fact of NFL life. So I, I don't think you could reasonably summarize the, the past couple of years of Lamar's and say, Oh yeah, that's going to have no bearing on his future. I think it has to. And, um, you know, I think the Ravens love Lamar and what he can do, but you know, he, he has room for improvement as a, as a leader, as a, as a, as a quarterback, as a guy who puts his body in the right positions. I mean, you know, I, I keep coming back to fairly or not us talking to him before the season, Glenn, about him putting on the weight that, you know, pushed his weight up from like 220 to 230. And we asked him why he did it. And he was just kind of shrugged his shoulders and just, you know, didn't really have an answer for it. And, um, you know, I don't know how much his weight fluctuated during the season, but you do have to wonder, you know, if you gave the Ravens, uh, you know, a true serum, if they would, have preferred him to be at 220 just to help mitigate some of the swelling and all the rehab issues that he had just because, you know, as someone who put on weight during the pandemic, I know I felt a lot better at 10 pounds lighter than I did 10 pounds heavier. It's just as simple as that. So, um, you know, there, there has to be some, some growth there. There has to be some understanding there with the Ravens and, and Lamar. And um, but I think there's also an understanding and a reckoning that this is the guy who puts your, put your team in the best situation to, to go win games. I mean, you look around the AFC and how many teams are there set up for the long haul because of their quarterback. And if the Ravens part ways with them, then you better be damn sure that you're finding a guy who's going to come in a year or two and have his team on the, on the right track. That's the, I keep coming back to that. Like any scenario where somebody says, well, Hey, it's not the end of the world to have a really good roster and extra draft picks. Like why? Yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world. We all know that, that nothing is the end of the world except for the end of the world. But like, not having a quarterback is death. And you can say, well, look at what the 49ers are doing. It's an extraordinary set of circumstances. It's one a billion, like, that you can do something like this. And by the way, until yesterday, we thought Brock Purdy might be proving to be a guy, and he might still prove to be a guy. We'll find that out at some point. Um, I, I just, I can't, I can't fathom anyone who thinks that it's a better scenario to take your chance at the quarterback position than it is to say, hey, warts and all, we've got a dude that we know is a dude. Yeah, and from Lamar's side, you know, he has long talked about how what motivates him more than anything is winning and winning a Super Bowl and being, you know, basically the black Tom Brady. And if he thinks that going to, like, Atlanta, which has, you know, fine, you know, some, some nice young talent there with Kyle Pitts, and you know, Algier and that offensive line, then maybe he's set up for success, but certainly not as great a chance for success uh, as in Baltimore. And, you know, Ryan Stanley, who's a close friend of his, said that, you know, there's this overblown notion that all Amer- all Mark cares about is money, is money, is money, um, and that what he wants more than anything is to win. Well, if he comes back to this team 
And more than that, if he signs like a long-term extension, that, that still guarantees, you know, still guarantees them a lot of money, but maybe the cap hit for next year is like 30 million instead of 45. Well, then this team can make, you know, one more move to, to maybe get that cherry on top of the, you know, wide receiver roster that, that really puts this team over the top. So, you know, not to begrudge anyone, not to deny anyone their money, but it's tough to see both sides of this issue when, um, you know, getting a long-term deal done would be great for Lamar's long-term financial security, but it would also really, really, you know, put him down this path where he could get the Super Bowl that he so desperately wants. He is Jonas Schaefer. He's with the Baltimore Banner now. He's with us here on GCR. Jonas, all of this is interesting because, well, it's all interesting for a lot of reasons, right? Like, we just don't typically see this. Normally, we don't get this far into the process with a, you know, a, a, court, a quarterback of this stature. Comparing it to Kirk Cousins, yeah. no offense. I mean, like, Lamar, Kirk Cousins isn't Lamar Jackson, but that's the only other time we've seen anything like this. It leads to all of these other questions, and it leads to all of these other things that we've all maybe heard or, you know, whatever it is, rumblings, things like that, that we, we don't want to necessarily report on because they, we can't double-source these things. And the Ravens, to their credit, are going to remain tight-lipped. I've never at any point thought that there was something between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson that was, you know, it, this this can't be figured out. I've never felt that way, no matter what I've heard, no matter what I've been told, anything along those lines. And I've, I think we've all heard a bunch of different things, at no point have I thought this can't be worked out. Is there anything that you have? Is there any reason why you would be concerned about whether or not that can be worked out? It just comes down to what Lamar wants, honestly. I mean, it's as simple as that. Just if, if he is asking for the moon, and these past few years have proven, uh, you know, to the Ravens, to Eric Acosta, that you can't necessarily give the moon to a guy whose play style, who's you know, body doesn't lend itself to 17 game seasons, then Ravens are going to have to make a tough decision whether it's to cut bait or you're going to keep fishing. So uh, it really just comes down to so much of what we don't know. And I mean, I, I keep coming back to this is all just perfect sports talk radio because all it is, all, all that we've been talking about for, with Lamar for the past two or three months is just hypotheticals, counterfactuals, like, right. you know, why can't he come back? We, we, well, we don't know the extent of his injury. You know, what will he look like when he comes back? Well, we don't really know what he looks like when he's moving around there. Well, you know, what does he want? Well, we don't, we don't know that. You know, how far could the Ravens have gone if he'd come back? Well, you know, probably pretty far, but again, we don't know. So this, this whole thing is just operating in the shadows. It's, it's just a world of, you know, hypotheticals and what if, and only a select few know really what's going on. And, you know, that, that makes my job harder. That makes yeah. your job maybe more fun, but no. uh, it is what it is. No, it's still, it's harder to, because I'm not, I don't, I, I just, I don't play the games, right? Like I don't do the, well, you know, he should, I just, I can't get involved in all of that. If I don't know about it, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> like I just, I, I, I don't like that stuff. I mean, let me go this way. What do you think the timeline is for when something, like when does the rubber meet the road? That to me is the more interesting part because I, I would think that if any scenario involves them making a trade, they would want that to be in place before the NFL draft for multiple reasons. 
One being, of course, that like if you need a new quarterback, the most likely way you're going to find it is in the draft. Of course, you, there's always a scenario where if you made a trade, you could make a trade for a quarterback, but those guys aren't particularly appealing that would be available. If you're going to need a quarterback, you're going to need to draft that quarterback. And then secondarily, in order to maximize the, the, the nature of teams needing a quarterback, you can't let them go out and draft their quarterbacks ahead of time. I would think that, like, we're in a place where the rubber's kind of got to meet the road here in the next couple of months, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just eavesdropping on the end of your uh, offensive coordinator thoughts there, I I think you probably won't get one of the guys that you want to come in and run the kind of offense that he wants unless you're making assurances that it will either be Lamar or a – first round talent at quarterback and it doesn't necessarily have to be this year. You know, we don't know what the Ravens think of this year's quarterback draft, but um, chances are that they would have to trade into like the top five, top seven to get one of the top few guys that they they want, unless they're willing to take a chance on a guy like Richardson coming out of Florida. Um, But that doesn't mean that you can't trade for draft capital that would put yourself in, in position to, you know, trade into, you know, the top three next year where you can get yourself a, you know, Drake May or, or Caleb Williams or uh, the, the, the guy at Texas whose name I'm blanking Quinn on. Ewers. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I agree with you. Um, I believe that the deal for Hollywood last year was done in advance of the draft. It wasn't something that just came together on draft right. day, but it, it is to it was the Ravens' benefit and to the Cardinals' benefit to kind of spring that out, <clears throat> to spring that on on everyone as a bit of surprise, just to destabilize the market a little bit and to have people just kind of re- reshuffle their draft boards as, as it happened. So I agree with you. I think we'll, we'll know by the, by the draft, um, whether what's, whether things happen, but of course, by then we also will have figured out whether the Ravens have done the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive franchise tag. Do you, as far as the offense coordinator thing is concerned, what do you think it is that they're looking? It's interesting to me that like the name, the, the, the interview requests have all been passing game coordinators We've heard reports tying them to to other names that are of interest out there. Like, what do you think they're looking for in an offensive coordinator? I wouldn't put too much stock into some of the names that that, that you've heard. Uh, I mean, like, you know, I think the Robinson fell up from the Rams, you know, could, could be a legitimate candidate just based on the McVay ties. But I think what's useful for, for John Harbaugh and his staff right now is using these meetings as kind of informational meetings, just, you know, being able to talk X to the nose with these guys and get a sense for some of the scheme wars that are happening across the NFL and get a sense for why stuff works, how to attack certain defenses, that kind of thing. I think it's a, you know, just like what you see with, uh, with college coaches when they go from, you know, uh, when they visit other schools during the summer, just to, to get a sense for, you know, what's happening and why it's happening, that kind of thing. But the thing that I would remind everyone about is if you see John Harbaugh as being stubborn or intransigent, just look at his last two hires. You know, I know that the Mike McDonald hire, everyone just saw as, Oh, this guy's going to be a mini wink. This guy's going to be a young wink. Well, <laughs> it turned out he right. was actually in a lot of ways, a polar opposite because yeah, that's fair. he put in a defense that did not blitz. He put in a defense that played a lot more too high. He put in a defense, uh, that was, you know, way more uh, willing to play with light boxes than, than Wink ever did, and it worked to the Ravens' benefit. And 
you know, when you look back at the, the Marty Bornweg to, to Greg Roman transition, that was going from Joe Flacco, drop back, pro style stuff. I shouldn't say pro style because Greg Roman was technically pro style, but, you know, shotgun heavy, um, spread them out to, yeah, we're going to be the most dominant run game in the NFL, one of the most dominant run games in NFL history. So John Harbaugh doesn't really have a particular orthodoxy, and, and I think that makes him a little bit more willing to consider everything that's out there. I mean, like, like he said, he's going to cast a wide net. And I think if you're, if you're telling yourself that, Oh, he's going to look for the next Greg Roman because he gave some nebulous quote about the Ravens having their identity. Well, I would say just look at what he's done the past couple of years. That's fair. All of that is very fair. I still just don't know how any of this works without knowing who your quarterback is. Like it's a very yeah. weird spot to be in. At, what, I, what I would say that's to, to that Glenn yeah. is like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a great offense to go from offensive coordinator to head coach. I mean, it just, we're thinking about it, the, the playoff games that this past weekend, Nick Sirianni, before he got the job in Philly was an okay coordinator with the Colts. He did That's not fair. have, yep. you know, knock, knockout numbers, but because I guess of his reputation as a people person, because of his uh, you know, reputation schematically, even if it wasn't translating to, you know, number one in DPOA type numbers, was able to come in and get that job in Philly. And so I think there's this understanding around the league, at least there should be, um, that you don't necessarily have to have great numbers to get the next job. I mean, look at the enemy in Kansas City. I know the, the Ravens are bringing him in, but he's had plenty of opportunities to, to knock people over. And obviously the maybe the anchor that he's dealing with is the Andy Reid of it all. But just because he's had these incredible offenses doesn't mean that he's going to get a job. And Conversely, you don't have to have an incredible offense to, to get that head coaching job. You just have to put yourself in a position to impress the, the right, you know, the right amount of people at the right time. That's fair. All of that is very fair. I just, I, I still don't, man, I don't know how interested I would be in a job if I don't know that who my quarterback is going. I just, man, I get it. There's only so many of them available, and and the opportunity and, is the opportunity. You know, just, just, just how low are the Ravens on that? <clears throat> You know, that 10 team pecking order. I mean, right. I think at worst, they're number four, number five. That's right? fair. That's fair. Yep. I agree. Like, there's just, as I said before, there's franchises that you would say, I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't want to work for your franchise. Like, yep. it's not an ideal place to be. I know better than to go take a job here. I think that that is true. Whereas the Ravens, it's a, it's an opposite feeling. There's no doubt. Uh, Jonas, what should we be expecting as far as, you know, like, does your coverage change in the coming months? What does Jonas Schaefer at the Baltimore Banner look like? What should we know moving forward? Uh, I guess more handsome, drinking more water. Look at you. Look having at a better you. diet. Look at you. Not not having to worry about just, Mark Turgeon no. at all. Like These are all good <laughs> things. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's going to be good times. Just, you know, very, very. Uh, digital first, I guess, is the, the way to put it. Just, you know, plenty of graphs and charts and all 22 film. And, you know, I'm sure whenever this offense coordinator stuff is finalized, I'm just going to have a field day with, uh, you know, the, the teams and stuff that that'll be available to, to look at it and to look into. Um, so it's, it's a very, very exciting time, even though it's a very, very a nervous time, I'm sure, for a lot of Ravens fans out there. The Katie Porter of Baltimore Ravens coverage is the way that I'm going to refer to it. With uh, you're going to have your whiteboard with you at all times, and I like the <laughs> idea. I like the idea of that. Of course, on Twitter at Jonas underscore Schaefer is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. Let's talk again soon. All right. All right, bud. Take care. It's Jonas Schaefer with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/slash/offers, where it's Championship Week. Why don't you win some money? 
Seems like a smart thing to do. I'm not a genius, but I would try to win some money if I were you. That would seem like a reasonable thing. Cash in on the AFC and NFC Championship games. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up with BetMGM. Bet $10 and automatically get $200 in additional free bets. Get this promo and more by going to pressboxonline.com slash offers now for over $2,000 in promo offers from all of Maryland's mobile sports books. Again, pressboxonline.com slash offers. More Ravens conversation will be coming. We're also going to uh, look into the week that was in the NFL playoffs as we are down to the final four. Kansas City, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. We'll talk about all that coming up, but let's uh, let's veer off that path for a minute, talk a little Maryland basketball. An interesting week in which they had to face some of the better post players in the conference and quite held their own, um, beating Michigan and playing Purdue down to the wire on the road yesterday. Joining us now, of course, you hear him for every game on Maryland's radio network. He is their radio color analyst, of course, DC Coaches podcast. He is our friend Chris Knocky, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Chris, it's Glenn. It's good to chat again, sir. Thank you as always taking the time for us. Oh, anytime, Glenn. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I, just because it's been a little while for you, I just want to get a broad, before we get into what's happened recently, broadly, what you've made of what it is that Kevin Willard has brought to this program, not just, you know, the away from the floor stuff, the culture stuff, but in watching game in and game out, maybe the biggest difference that you think that Kevin Willard has brought as a coach, as an X's and O's guy to what this basketball team is capable of doing. Well, you know, that's a, that's a, <laughs> there's a lot to that. Um, first of all, the most important thing he's brought, Glenn, is just a new voice. You sure. know, it's uh, it's one certainly a uh, very clear voice. Uh, he does, you know, he's an intense guy and wears his emotions on his sleeves. Uh, on his sleeve, he, uh, I think, also he's very supportive and very positive with these guys. And uh, and that, that's not to say he's not going to, he won't get after him, but. Um, I just, you know, I like the things he he does. Clearly, he makes adjustments at halftime. He's yeah. been very good. They've been very good coming out of the locker room uh, for the last several weeks, which is a big deal. I think he's also given some of the guys who, you know, we were unsure about. He's given them guys, some of these guys, some confidence. I look at the growth of Julian Reese, for instance, and uh, you know, yesterday maybe the most salient takeaway from the whole game might have been the fact that Julian played most of that game with three fouls and was able to keep himself on the court, didn't do anything silly, and was a major factor in the no game. Doubt. So, I, yeah, he's done a good job kind of across the board. And they're not filled with talent. They're not filled with five-star guys, but they play hard as hell. And, um, and they've really started to turn the corner, it feels like, as a team. Now, you get these three straight home games, it's time to take advantage of a break in the schedule because it has been a brutal last couple of weeks in terms of where we, well, last several weeks in terms right. of the schedule. You know, it's so funny you bring that up. I was talking to Seth Greenberg a couple of weeks ago. He said, I don't know that there's a team in the country for whom home court advantage is going to be more important for just specifically because of the depth issue. And now, look, we've, they've gotten some minutes from guys that I don't think you know, two months ago, we were expecting to see Maryland get minutes from, but they—I think we all would still say it's probably the biggest uphill battle that this team faces. You know, for right now, for the for the micro 
is they're not very deep. They don't have nine guys you can count on. And I get there's, there's not a lot of teams in the country that can say that. I understand that. But it does feel like, for those reasons, home court and that type of energy really important for this basketball team to take advantage of it because they are going to be up against it with their depth no matter what they do the rest of the season. Well, the other thing is the way that the league is shaken out is I guess Purdue is now 8-1, and one, I think, in the league. And save for Purdue, I think you might have a boatload of 10-10 and 10 type teams. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. teams are right because everybody's beating, themselves, beating each other. And so what that means is for a team like Maryland is that you absolutely have to win your home games. You can't be, you can't be given away any home opportunities because it's just so damn hard to win on the road in this league. I, you know, the Terps did everything they could to win that game yesterday. It's just such a, it's so daunting. Not only are you playing against a really talented team, you're playing, you know, in a, in a just a hellacious environment, great environment, fun. And uh, those things, seem to have a carryover effect sometimes for the officials, which makes it harder for you on the road as well. And, uh, you know, in spite of all that, they, they really, really played great, particularly in that second half. Well, there's no doubt. Chris Naki is with us here on GCR. Chris, did that, you know, did that end, though? I think the storyline that's kind of been, you know, since the, the early season hot start has been there have been the penchant for slow starts, right, as the season has gone on. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any easy explanation for it? Can it be tied to it's just not a great three-point shooting team and the best way to avoid slow starts is to come out and hit a bunch of shots early on, and if you can't do that, it's it's tough to get out the hot starts? Like, What do you make of the slow starts this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're coaching a team like that, you do everything you can to sort of redirect uh, the preparation part of the game because it's clear that they, they you know, if you leave them to themselves – that they're just not getting, you know, appropriately prepared to play. And now one of the things that we've seen, we don't see it on the road, but we do see it at home, is that Willard is actually out there on the court with these guys two hours before the game. You know, when they're out shooting around 90 minutes before the game, when, you know, there's nobody in the gym, normally coaches are in the back, you know, wringing their hands in the locker room. And, uh, and Kevin has not been that way at all. He, I think he decided a few weeks ago that he had to change things. He had to change the way these guys were working. And they're, they're a lot more, you know what, they find religion when the head coach hits the floor. You know, <laughs> it's just different. And so when Kevin goes out there, they're not just playing. My high school coach used to say, you know, you don't want to go out there playing grab ass. You know, you want to you want to go out there with purpose and a focus. And I think having, having him around in that situation has definitely helped, for sure. I, I think it's, it's very fair to say that. And again, I... It's not easy to overcome not being a good – you can keep trying to be a better three-point shooting team. You can just keep taking shots. But I do think that it's been clear this team is at their best when they are driving with a purpose, when they are you know, kind of putting their head down and going to work and saying, we don't care what's about to happen here. Our goal is we're going to get to the basket and make something happen. It seems like that's been their most consistent offense this season. Well, their two best conference performances against Ohio State and against Michigan, they – basically put the three-pointer in their back pocket right. you know um right. they shot a few of them but but for the most part it was attack 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 and uh, you know i watched these guys shoot in the fall and they appeared to be a pretty good three-point shooting team but you know when you're shooting in an, in an empty open gym and there's nobody in your face and there's no structure to the game and no officials it's just a completely different animal now we are now basically 20 games in 
evidence would point to the contrary. That's not a good three-point shooting team. So you have to deal with the strengths you have, have to deal, more importantly, with the limitations you have. And, uh, and to that point, I think that they've figured that out, that you know, open three-pointer is not a bad thing, but uh, this team benefits far more by, you know, by penetration and penetration to depth, you know, where you actually get a chance to really suck that defense down. And, um, and then, the, you know, you're right. They, they benefited by sort of a change in attitude there. I think it's – and by the way, it, at that time, it becomes very fun to watch this team when they have that attitude. It becomes a very fun team to watch. Um, Chris, Agreed. To, to, to kind of broaden it back out, their, their path to like, – again, this macro-micro thing, it's very interesting to me, right? On the micro, everybody wants their team to make the NCAA tournament. Everybody wants their team to have a chance. The, the macro, of course, being there's a foundation being laid and, you know, the Kevin Willard's trying to bring Maryland basketball back to prominence, not just for like a season of getting into the NCAA tournament, but to be a contender nationally for years to come. So in those ways, this year maybe doesn't matter all that much. But hell, they're playing the games. You want to see them win anyway. I, I, do you feel like you've seen enough that you look and say this really is a team that can put together, to your point, playing at home? a stretch of wins that can do enough in a difficult league to have a chance to break through and be a threat to win a game in the NCAA tournament, something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the fact of the matter is what we're seeing, Glenn, is the difference in these teams in college basketball is so nominal. That's fair. It's so thin yep. that, that, uh, you know, that, that they can win a game at any time. You Houston loses at home to an unranked team yesterday. That's Great the number point. one ranked team in the country. Uh, Purdue really, you know, was on the precipice yesterday uh, at home to an unranked team. So it gives you an idea of the, the, the delta between the teams that are ranked, you know, in the top 15 and the, the difference between them and teams ranked like 45 to 70 is nothing. And a lot of it depends on a guy being hot or a guy being cold or a team that's playing at home, a team that's not. You know, there's just – and Maryland is in that mix. There's no question. You look at who they've played, when they've played them, where they've played them. Uh, they've proven that they can play with anybody, and conversely, when they don't come ready to play, they get their asses handed to them. It's just – it's life in college basketball right now. And you can point to ten different reasons. A portal is sort of even things out. Um, you know, it's just a, there's just a lot going on out there, a lot of moving parts, but – it's resulted in a playing field that is closer than ever, uh, ever before. To your point, Kansas got hammered at home, right? <laughs> like, yeah, how about got, that? Got absolutely yeah, they got, they rocked. Got no they question. Got yeah. Um, there's a there's a great point. And by the way, what you said earlier about Purdue and and talking about the league in general, as I watched the game yesterday, take nothing away from Purdue, but to me, watching them, they felt like a ten and ten team in the league that just happened to have an alien on the floor, right? Like that that one <laughs> alien. <laughs> is what's making the difference for what otherwise, to me, would be another kind of middle-of-the-road basketball team. And I know that sounds disrespectful, yeah. but it you know they on uh, the whole, they don't seem great. They seem like they have a superhuman and then kind of a basketball team after that. Yeah, you know, that alien is the national player of the year. Correct. You know? And, uh, yeah, I, I, I will agree. And, and uh, you know, make no mistake about it, they were wobbling down the stretch of that game. Uh you know, that game was stuck on 56-53 for about four minutes uh, before there were a couple of free throws in the, in the last the last 30 seconds of the game. So the Terps had their chances. They created all sorts of opportunities off of, off of Purdue mistakes and gaffes and turnovers and uh, just couldn't get over the hump. 
Um, look, man, the the fight was. Uh, I I think as someone who is watching from afar, the fight is appreciated, and I think that anybody that has been following this team, even with the ups and downs this season, it can sense that there is something there. That there is, you know, the the there there concept, right? Like that there is there is a yep. sea change, and it's it's a good thing to 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 what witness, and hopefully it continues moving forward. Uh, of course, at X Coach Naki on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, DC Coaches Podcast. Uh, what do you guys have coming up? Yeah, we have actually we're using uh, this week. We're using we're going to have Drew Nicholas on, and Drew, Drew, of course, is a well-known former for, former Terp, but he's also the associate general manager for the Red Hot Denver Nuggets, and uh, so he's got a he's got a foot in both the college and the pro games, and we're getting some nice recollections from Drew as a Terp, and also some NBA talk in there as well, because, uh, you know, we're past the, we're getting past the dog days of uh, January and, uh, there's some interesting storylines in that league and the trade trade deadline is upon us in the NBA as well. So lots of fun with Drew. Of course, Maryland, Wisconsin, Wednesday night, seven o'clock. You will hear him on the Maryland radio network, one Oh five, seven, the fan, uh, Chris, always appreciate you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. We'd love to do it again as we get closer to the end of the season. All right. It's, all right, thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. Chris Naki, Maryland basketball radio analyst, with us here on GCR. It was a hell of an effort. I mean, it was. You would have appreciated them not falling behind 25-9 to to start the game. If they hadn't done that, Maryland would have had a great chance to win on the road yesterday at Purdue. I, I don't want to feel like I'm giving away like a participation trophy or something like that, but I do think as you judge this team, you have to be fair about the, the macro and the micro. That given what they are, given where they are, an undermanned team going up against the national player of the year on the road and battling the way they did, there is something to be said for that. Boy, it would have been nice if they would have hit a shot at the end of the game. One. And I'm not trying to give them a pass for it over it, but I do think that like the look down three in the final minute, the look that Kevin Willard drew up. And I didn't even remember who shot the ball from the corner off the top of my head. It was Don Carey. Was it Carey? I All think right. it was. But it was a great look. Yeah. Drew up a tremendous play in a situation where you didn't know if Purdue was going to attempt a foul or not. Got an excellent shot. Well drawn up. Just didn't get the shot. I will second guess from that point the decision to not purposely miss the free throw. Once you got fouled with whatever it was, six seconds left, I don't think there was enough time to keep playing it out when you can't advance the ball. It's different in the NBA or in the women's game. Like, it's different somewhere where you can advance the ball. They did end up getting one more look for three at the end of the game. It wasn't, like, you could say it's a better look than you thought they were going to get, but it wasn't a good look. At the point at which they went to the free throw line, I would have purposely missed the free throw and taken your chances from there. I think that you would have had a better... I get that that's not a good scenario either, but I didn't feel like hoping to play it out to get another three off when you've got to go the length of the court and Purdue could still choose to foul in that situation. I, I don't think that's practical any longer. Now, again, the point might be they got a, they got a half-decent look. They got one more shot. But I would have, I would have gone the intentional missed free throw route at that point. All that being said, 
I did not expect them. Did not expect them to be in there. I thought they were going to get pulverized. Julian Reese played really well. Played really well, man. Really bad yesterday. You got to give that kid a hell of a lot of credit. All right, uh, busy hour number one of the program. When we come back in, we are going to take a look at the uh, the weekend that was in the NFL. A major development in our picks contest. Major, major development from over the weekend that we need to discuss. And not just that your boy went 4-0 and for the weekend. Another, really? Yes, oh, I did. Man. Another major development from that. the weekend. Why do you care? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, oh. I... This is a weird I, I bit. Felt like I had a chance. Oh, now, yeah. now I don't. We'll, now we'll I talk. They'll talk about that too. We'll talk about that scenario as well. Major development. Uh, something was clinched over the weekend. Right. We got to get into that. Hour number one of today's program is in the books. Uh, it's also been brought to you by the Print Issue of Press Box, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, Press Box. I keep pointing at the the camera that doesn't exist any longer. <laughs> Because I'm just used to looking to my right. Now i got to look to my left. Hey, it's over here. Um, only a few weeks left for this one. The uh, best of 2022 issue with Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Adley Rutschman, on the cover. So go get it before it's gone. Daddy gone. The love is gone. The print issue of Press Box. It's Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxonline. 
Fox Sports or listen live at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in. in <laughs> Hello! Hi, I'm Glenn. I don't remember how to do this. It's been a week. I forgot. Back in here on GCR. Don't forget, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. And if I haven't mentioned it yet, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. It is championship week. Cash in on the AFC and NFC championship games by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. If you sign up with BetMGM and bet $10, you automatically get $200 in additional free bets. You can get this promo and more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now. Over $2,000 in promo offers are available from all of Maryland's mobile sports books, but you got to go. There's no code. There's no other way around it. There's no other thing you can do. You got to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers in order to take advantage of them. All right. Um, we will catch up with our buddy Jeremy Kahn coming up at the bottom of hour number two. Figure out uh, if he uh, maybe got the the weekend got away from him as he was celebrating his son's 21st birthday. We need to recap the weekend in picks. And it was a quite consequential weekend in picks. Very consequential. I will point this out. Of course, we weren't here last week, so picks went a little bit different. From the week before, a bunch of us have to eat pork and beans popsicles. It's you, me, Melissa Kim. Is that, is that it? We and all then three John of, from the and week John before. from the week before. So, yeah. We got to figure that out. I'll talk to John about it. I got to talk to because John and Melissa. I don't know if their schedules will line up that we can all do it on the same day. I don't know how that will work out. We'll figure it out. But we are going to do it just because we have not forgotten about it. Simply because I went away for a week. I promise you. It, by the way, none of us really had a terrible week that week. We just all went three and three, and I, we said with there only being six games, it was ripe four ties so that's the way it worked wild card weekend three of us tied at three and three we all got to eat pork and beans popsicles so griffin got exactly what he wanted (laughs) all of a sudden griffin got a ton of popsicles got hot and bothered about i want to make all these pork and beans i don't know what it's a weirdo is psychopath uh probably not gonna be able to do side bets the rest of the year because there's only three games remaining for the year at this point. It's going to be really hard to do a side bet. Head-to-head head in the yeah, Super Bowl? Head-to-head. We could do that. Um, we would have to pick the game differently or else we would both be clinching a loss <laughs> if we picked the game the same way. That's the problem with doing side bets at this point. So going into the weekend, I was tied with John Proctor atop the table. Let's see how things played out this week. Four games from this weekend. Jacksonville, Kansas City. This was 
This was hairy when the Jaguars fumbled late. When the Jaguars, I was very confident about the Jaguars covering right up until that moment. The, was it Agnew who fumbled the ball was it? Uh, late in the fourth quarter? When they fumbled late, when it looked like they were about to score, there was a part of me that said, oh, F. Like, we might, this might not work out for us. The bummer for the Jaguars is they played about as well as you could hope for. Just within the margins, they end up losing this football game. That fumble was disastrous. I mean, like, that... They were they were gonna be in the thing. Kansas City doesn't look overwhelming right now. They don't look like the Chiefs of the the past couple of years. And clearly, Patrick Mahomes' injury is it's center center stage going into the AFC Championship game. There's no storyline more significant. Everybody's gonna talk about how the Bengals have kind of owned the Chiefs recently, and I'm not dismissing that. But there's no storyline going into Championship weekend more significant than Patrick Mahomes' injury. And exactly where he is, because he was clearly limited for the rest of the game. Obviously, came out for a little while, and then when he went back onto the field, you could tell he was limited, limited what he was able to offer. If you're the Jaguars, you're kicking yourselves because you can't ask for a better circumstance to have a chance to win a game like this, and you still couldn't get the job done. But for those of us that bet the Jaguars... (laughs) Not a concern. What we saw was that the Chiefs just don't tend to cover big numbers. They just don't do that. That's not what the Chiefs historically have done. So when you see an eight and a half, you got a bite. They do get the late field goal smartly. Although they didn't immediately go for the field goal when they got into field goal range. They were still trying to push for the touchdown late, um, but they did end up kicking the field goal. They uh, they get the cover, 27-20. Great news for everybody except John Proctor and Andrew Stecka. Really bad news for Andrew Stecka. Really, really bad news for Andrew Stecka because he had picked every game the rest of the weekend the exact same as Paul Valley. Mm. He had to have that game to have a chance. in order to stay alive. In order to avoid being eliminated, well, not eliminated, clinching, he had to have that game. And so... As of about 8 o'clock or 7.30, whatever it was, on Saturday night, we now know who the worm will be. <laughs> Andrew Stecka. It got interesting, which is remarkable considering... A lot deeper into the season. Oh, my God. I thought he might have clinched it by the playoffs <laughs> at one point. It was a nightmare. He stayed alive for an extra couple of weekends, but Andrew Stecka, indeed, is our loser. He will be traveling back home to Maryland at some point this year. In order to consume a worm burger and also dress up like the worm Dennis Rodman, perform the worm by Scotty Too Hotty. I can't wait to see him wiggling around on the floor like an idiot. And then whoever he delivers the worm to will then be able to pull their britches up and give him right back a Rikishi-style stink face. I look forward to all of it. It's going to be a time. So uh, Andrew Steck, uh, officially, it's over. He is the loser for the year. He is our worm. He sits at he already he clinched a hundred lost season, by the way, this weekend century as well. <laughs> the century mark. Seventy three and one hundred <laughs> at this point. Uh but that was the big one for him. Uh oh ye of little faith, the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. the best team all season long in the NFC, going up against the Giants team that they've had no troubles with, and yet y'all didn't 
have much faith in them at all. Thought that a uh, touchdown was too much. I yeah. I don't really understand this one. If I'm being honest. This didn't really cause me all that much consternation whatsoever. I think that we all got a little Giants drunk. Hot. I think yeah. we got drunk on what the Giants did to the Vikings and forgot the Vikings, frankly, were not a very good football team this season. They were... They stockpiled wins, but the metrics all told you they weren't that good. We can't be all that surprised by the fact that they stunk it up the previous weekend. So this matchup, I I, I don't know that I would have – this probably would have had to have been more than two touchdowns for me to have been willing to bite on the Giants. I was stunned because we didn't do the segment, obviously, last yeah. week. When I looked up and saw that all you guys, except for Proctor, son of a bitch, it would have been really nice. I saw that the rest of you guys were in on the Giants. I was like, what the hell? What am I missing? That was a big number, and I thought the Giants would, I don't know. I just don't we'll know what them, it is. We I play them good? Close. I think that we also, I, the other up. thing that I think happened the last couple of weeks is that by nothing he actually did, the narrative on Daniel Jones changed. And I don't know what that's about. I in don't. In the New York market. I, I, it's yeah. the only thing I can give you. But I think weirdly in the last couple of weeks, everybody started to say, well, Daniel Jones has proven himself. And I'm like, ha- what? Like, in what way? Now, I do think it's fair to point out, I'm not here to tell you that I think that Daniel Jones stinks as much as I don't think the Giants have done right by him either. They don't have wide receivers in New York. That, like, there, there are other problems there. But the idea that, like, Daniel Jones had come of his own and had an arrival or something like that, I had no idea where that narrative was coming from. That was bizarre to me like they barely beat the commanders they needed you know horrendous officiating in order to beat the commanders late in the season i I don't know what we were talking about when it came to daniel jones it was very goofy to me the way that that played out and it all kind of said like i i thought this line should have been double digits i really thought this line should have been north of 10 this line very much came off as wrong to me not as much as another line that we'll get to in a second which we all realized was was wrong um but this was a goofy, goofy line to me with uh, it only being 7.5 for the Eagles. I did not. I don't, I'll make it very, very clear. I would not have bet them to cover 30.5. I would not have bet them to do that, which is what they ultimately did. But I, the line didn't make sense. Of course, the Eagles pound the Giants 38-7. to They'll host the NFC Championship game next Sunday. Cincinnati-Buffalo. Truth be told, I thought the Bills were going to win the game. I also thought that. It was the five and a half. I, that thought, we all, class, I thought we were going to get a classic. I thought we were going to. Oh no, question! I yeah. thought we were going to get a game of the year. Um, the by the way, Kyle Ottenheimer texted me before the game and said it's something like plus two hundred uh, for, for. Hang on a second. Like the Bengals. No, for both teams to score, have a touchdown in both halves. Uh, uh, no, it was plus one twelve. Said both teams to score one plus touchdown in each half. It was plus one twelve. That's crazy, right? I'm like I. I'd probably bet it. Felt, like, yeah, like, before the game. You know, he said, he said, am I effing crazy? To I'm like, not at all. That's, I, I didn't bet it personally, but I would have. Yeah. Like, I would have bet that. What a bummer, man. By the way, this is the other bummer, too. Because we just got back from Disney World, because we needed to, we're going to, I am available for hire. Look at the camera. I'm available for hire. Financially, birthday parties. I'm mean, correct. Whatever <laughs> you need, bat mitzvahs, anything. I'll do the snippy. Oh, that's not a bat mitzvah. That's a that's a bris, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yes. perform a bris. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'll do whatever you need. If you need a snippet of bat mitzvah for some reason, I'll do that. 
I don't know what I'm snipping, but I'll do it. <laughs> I will perform anything for money at the moment because I am never going to financially recover from a trip to Disney World. It is truly a nightmare. But we got back, and I said, we need to have a chill day. We need to have a nice, relaxing day at home. Like, we can't we can't be going out doing anything. The you know my two sons we've been running them wild all week like they just the whole I've been run ragged by this week I needed to have a chill day so I said to my wife Mrs Clark what do you think about us having dip for dinner on Sunday night this is one of my favorite things about football Sundays the boys are into watching football now with me they like the idea we get to have dinner in the living room and she makes buffalo chicken dip. And yesterday, last year, uh, we did it for the first time, and she did pizza dip. So I'll come over next time? You can come over, all by right. all means. It's, all a right. gra- it's a great night. She, We mixed it up yesterday. She went with a sausage dip Ooh. that was delicious, was uh, better than her buffalo chicken dip, which I've always been a fan of. This I didn't even really eat much of the buffalo chicken dip last night because the sausage dip was a 13 and a half. Was putting it on cucumbers. Big fan of the sausage dip. Um just using stuff we had at the house, right? Nice, like we had nice. some sausage frozen. It was wonderful. I couldn't have asked for anything more in life. And by the way, she enjoyed it so much. She said, what if we did a dip dinner again next Sunday for the championship games? I said, I would marry you all over again. I'm not even mad anymore about all of the money that you just spent. I would marry you again right now. She said, championship Sunday, you got you got plans next week? I'm like, I don't. She said, we can do dip dinner again. Maybe we mix it up. We do a cheeseburger and dill dip. I said, wow. I want, I, oh my God. God, I, I what, what, am I about to die soon? <laughs> we had a lovely day. So we sit down. We say, this is what our day is going to be. Y'all can play with your lightsabers. You can play with all the, the, you know, whatever it is. We are going to spend the day watching football and eating dip. And we said, what a game we have in front of us. Like, what? Because the kids aren't going to make it to the end of the, the 49ers-Cowboys game. they got to go back to school. They've had a tar- hard week. But this is the game. And the best game you could ask for. We're going to be highly entertained by watching this football game. It won't, wasn't that. wasn't that at all. By the way, Proctor also uh, points out that uh, Philly was the easiest pick of the week for him. I, but I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys, I don't know what you guys are doing. Anyway, I thought it'd be a clo- seven is a lot. Of, seven and a half is a lot. Not a, the Giants aren't that good, and Philly's the best team were, in the I NFC. Mean, they were like, a lot did better. you forget for the who, Jay, like the, yeah, Phil, well, the Eagles yeah, were? Jalen, it's Jalen Hurts' fault because he missed the last. I do games. think that also screwed with yeah. people. I think yeah. not seeing seeing Jalen Hurts on the field for a yeah. couple weeks screwed with people and what the Eagles were. I, that to me was one of the easiest picks of all time. Like, I, by the way, it also took me all of ten seconds to make these picks. I should never do this segment again. I should only do what I did last week, which is first thought I had, you sent an email out. I'm standing at the bus stop at Disney World. <laughs> it took me 10 seconds to text back the names of, of, or, four, teams, of four teams. Yeah. The first thought I had on every single one of them, and I got all four of them right. Well, well done, um, I guess. Also yeah. points out he, could, he couldn't do Thursday. Friday would work. Nah, eh, I don't. Stands in on Friday. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, John. You and I will talk about it more. Uh, I'm playing trivia with Proctor tonight, so we can discuss it further. Anyway, the moral of the story being Cincinnati rolls Buffalo. I know that there's a lot of anti-Bengal sentiment that's being felt right now in Baltimore, so I feel like that was disappointing. And also the Bills' fan base is inherently likable. So if there's a team that's easy to get behind in the playoffs, it's the Bills because you're like, God, you lovable drunks up in Buffalo. You love to see good things happen to them. Whereas Bengals fans have become utterly insufferable the last couple of weeks in particular, like before the the coin flip crap, 
I think there was a feeling of like, well, they've suffered through a lot. Like, you know, maybe you could feel good. That's over. There's none of that. There's no good feeling towards the, the Bengals fan base any longer. They're they're insane. Like, they're nuts. They are detached from reality. So that was disappointing, I thought, to a lot of Ravens fans because the Bills were probably the most palatable of the options that were left for you to say, I would feel good. I would be happy for them. And plus, Stefan Diggs is there, and we love Stefan Diggs and wish that he had been a Raven. So, like, there's a lot there that you like. I think that was an easy team for people around here to get behind. So that was doubly disappointing as far as that played out. But everybody was on the Bengals because we all could see that line should have been less than a field goal. That line should have been far closer. Five and a half was nuts. I don't know how many of us thought the Bengals were going to win, but the line was nuts. It was insanity. And to to the insanity of, is there something we don't know? And it was easy to point out, like, hey, you know, suffering another offensive line injury, the Bengals did not look the same against the Ravens last week. So maybe that was the reason why the line was a little bit screwy. I remember watching the game. I, I tweeted that. Even after the fumble fiasco, said, are the Bengals good? Like, they didn't look good against the Ravens. They didn't look like a good football team. They just sort of looked like a team that was going to get by because the Ravens didn't have a quarterback. But they looked a lot different yesterday. They looked far different. They look like a serious threat to win the Super Bowl now. And, of course, last night, uh, Dallas-San Francisco. I, I, you, you're going to tell me why you were rolling with the I, – I, I guess the, the was it the Same. hook was it just yeah, the yeah. hook? Yeah, it That's all it was. I mean, again, I thought it'd be another not a, not necessarily the classic that I thought Buffalo Cincinnati would be, but that yeah, yeah the hook is would be a good game. The hook would have been the only the thing that could have made me think about it. Um, frankly, I thought the 49ers were disappointing last night. I thought they should have won far more comfortably than they did. Um, they didn't play all that well, and they still won by a touchdown. I'm I'm not. Last night was the first time that you started to think, like, maybe you shouldn't be throwing all your chips in the Brock Purdy basket. And and it's a tough thing. I don't – they've got a really difficult decision to make. I mean, it's very difficult. You clearly were a believer in Trey Lance. Like, I don't know what – it's a tough spot to be in. If he were to play poorly again – Hey, I don't. It's maybe it's unfair to say he played poorly last night. He just didn't play well. Right. But if he were to not play well or play poorly next week against Philadelphia, I think they're in a really yeah. difficult spot. I, I, I. Well, I say they're in a difficult spot. I think at that point they might have to say, "Hey, we we invested in Trey Lance. We got to go back to Trey Lance." I think they need him to play well, win or lose, for them to say, "We're going to ride with Brock Purdy. We're going to make him our guy." But uh, ultimately, they did just enough. George Kittle was a monster because I don't know if you've heard, he's very good. He's extraordinarily good at the football. And um, their defense came to play. Obviously, the last play of the game was hilarious, but, I mean, we're, we're like, killing the Cowboys over a play that was never going to work anyway. Like, they were never going to score a touchdown on the final play of the game. What they did was absurd, but the hell difference does it make? They weren't scoring from 70 yards away on the final play of the game, no matter what. So it's kind of irrelevant. Um, obviously, Dalton Schultz not getting his other foot yeah. down was bizarre. At least they would have had a shot at a hail mary. At it was that like back to back play, bad look for Dalton Schultz. Back to back plays where he he went out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, sure. Oh, the go, going out of bounds field. backwards was all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like that was not a great final drive of the game for him. Ultimately, Griffin and Ken Zalas were on Dallas, so it was a good week overall for everybody. Uh, worst anyone did was five hundred. Griffin went two and two. Andrew Stecka went two and two. Ken Zalas went two and two. Of course, the the big winner of the week was your boy. Going 4-0. So that being said, 
only one thing is still up for grabs. That's the top of the table. And there's only two of us that are still alive. Everybody else has been eliminated. Uh, Griffin and KZ were eliminated this weekend. Kyle and Paul have been eliminated. Andrew Steck has clinched last place. So you can still make your picks because funsies, right? <laughs> Why not? By the way, don't look now, but both Proctor and I could still finish 500. There is still a chance. As I'm back within a game of 500, and he is three games under 500 with three games to play. So there is still a chance of that. Uh, and we both are over 49% for the season. Hell yeah. We're the real 49ers. So um, you have to roll with the 49ers the rest of the way. I what would did I what were the lines that came out the Bengals are hang on a second I saw the lines were kind of goofy to me right like the the Bengals were favored weren't they because of the Mahomes I guess I I thought I saw that we can double check on that we can double check I I I did not I was the only thing I know about the lines are what I saw on Twitter last night so it could have just been one particular book that had something goofy going on Uh, no the Bengals are not favored they are one and a half point dogs to Kansas City. And the Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites. These numbers from FanDuel. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the 49ers. I have to think about that a little bit. I have to think about that. And obviously we have to get as much information as we can about Patrick Mahomes. We have to to know as much as we can possibly know about that. But it is very relevant. The Bengals have won the last three against the Chiefs. Very, very relevant as we look ahead to the AFC title game. And the NFC title game, it'll be the NFC title game first on Sunday, that game at 3 o'clock, and then the AFC title game at 6.30 this weekend. I, I the, the funny thing is it'd be easy to say the Chiefs which should be the Super Bowl favorite, but like the Mahomes injury really does yeah. mess with that for me. And there's a world where if, if we're not certain that Mahomes is fine, I would say the Eagles should now be the Super Bowl favorites. Like, it's tough. It's very tough. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd be fine with anyone but the Bengals. I guess I, th- you know, I asked that question. I mean, yesterday, I guess either the NFC like, teams. It was obviously. a nightmare scenario to me. The idea of the Cowboys yeah. being the fourth team, because then I would sort of say there's nothing to me that was palatable at all. Like, I I don't hate the Eagles, and I know that we've always I, Reed and I have talked about this a lot over the years. There's almost like a cousin thing between Baltimore and Philly. Like, there's not really a lot of bad blood between Baltimore and Philly. Like, for the most part, Philly's kind of a cool place to go visit, and Philly's not shoved down your throat the way that D.C. is. We have bad feelings about D.C. because it gets shoved down our throat that, like, Baltimore is some suburb of D.C. So we hate them. Like, we, it, it, it has left us with this awful taste in our mouth. And while some there are obviously a percentage of people in this city that are, like, Capitals or Wizards fans for some reason— it's always been goofy to me when somebody said, well, they're the team that's closest. I'm like, I guess depending on where you live, for a lot of people, they're just as close to Philly as they are to D.C. Like, I, I've i never understood this thing, whereas, like, Philly, I've always kind of felt was like a cool cousin. Like, hey, man, we're good. Like, we like going up, making the trip up there, getting some roast pork. Like, it's a fun way to spend a weekend is to hang out in Philadelphia. It's a fun way to spend a day. But the problem is you just know because of the geographic it you know relationship you know a lot of eagles fans that can get insufferable really quickly and so you don't really want to have to deal with that you don't really want that it's more palatable than say the cowboys who are just cockroaches (laughs) um it's more palatable than the Bengals who are are awful and you're just kind of sick of the chiefs thing at this Mm -hmm. point like we're all just kind of sick of it so the 49ers to me are the most palatable of the four teams that are left like i would probably rank it 49ers one eagles two chiefs three Bengals four and to me, they're the only really palatable. Like, 
I think you'd kind of if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, you kind of like tape your cap and say, "Damn, man. Like you figured out a way to win a Super Bowl with a 7th round rookie quarterback. You you were aggressive at the trade deadline. Like you did a lot of things well. Dude, tip your cap, man. You don't really know that many 49ers fans, so you're not going to be having to deal with like them being a-holes or anything like that. I that would be to me, easily palatable of these four teams. Yeah, I don't mind the Eagles too much. I almost, I almost like them. So my my neighbor who makes the chili, she's an ah, Eagle, she's an Eagles. Fan. Ah, all right. So, well, she makes good yeah, chili, she, yeah, so we got that going. For good us. people over there. So I, I I'm I'm okay with the Eagles. Plus, I, I kind of feel it's, like it's not like I again. I don't hate the Eagles in any way. I just know how their fans can get, and I don't feel like dealing with it. I don't like the Eagles thing is was always easy for years. Whenever their fans would start running their mouth, you'd be like, dude, you've never won a Super Bowl. Shut up. Then they won one, and it was still only one. Like, now you can just see this turning I, where they can become very insufferable. They still to me number two on the list, but there is a line of demarcation between I can find some enjoyment in the 49ers. Like, I could find a, a world where I say, dude, I, you know, that's, that's awesome. That's a great story. Whereas the Eagles thing, I would be like, yeah. I'm going to have to deal well, with Well, I almost want to root for the Eagles so we can say to DaCosta and Bashadi and see what happens when you trade for a receiver. Yeah, I talked and about then, that the last time. The funny part being, the last time they won the Super Bowl, I was like, dude, they were the team that was bold and went out and got Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> Which, in hindsight... Big get. At the time, it was. It was a huge get. <laughs> like, it was the guy that was available in the free agent market. Um, yes, I understand that you like the idea of, hey, prioritize the wide receiver position and look what can happen. I don't know. That doesn't make me want them to beat the 49ers on Sunday by any stretch of the imagination, but I get it. Like I understand. I'm not I'm not anti-Eagles as much as I think there's a more palatable option, a significantly more palatable option even in that game alone, just because I don't know as many 49ers fans and I don't have to deal with as many of them and hear them run their mouths and and hear them be obnoxious or anything like that. They're on the other side of the world. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're all right, so that's sort of where I am with that. Um, speaking of, uh, of picks and gambling, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. So, yeah, the championship games are set for this weekend uh, in the AFC and the NFC. We have three picks left, and John Proctor and I, now I just got to try to get into John Proctor's brain because as long as I just pick the games the same way as he does, I'm Gucci, right? Like if I make the exact same picks that John Proctor makes, yeah, it's just we're playing chess now, which is good. I, my kids are playing chess with Goofy last week. Maybe they learned something they can pass along to me. What can I learn? What do I think John Proctor will do? But is he thinking that I'm going to do that? So now he's going to do something else. Start looking how he picked the last, you know. Yeah, 20 right. Weeks. I got to dive into that because I can the win. Tendencies. I can win no matter what happens in the games just by picking the games the exact same way as John Proctor the rest of the way. Uh, I might uh, might try to do some like uh, modern warfare uh, types of of thoughts here. Of course, if we pick the games the same this week, then he still stays alive. Whereas if I can just we if I like for example if I go one and one and he goes zero and two this week. It's over. I've clinched. So maybe you By have point. some thinking, like maybe do I? I, I do. The truth is, I want to go two and zero this week, no matter what. <laughs> That's what I want to do. That's the goal: is to win both of these games this week. All right. When we come back in, Jeremy Khan is going to join us as he does every Monday. We missed him for a couple of weeks for various reasons, but we'll get back on track starting today. That's next. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. That first sip. That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Uh, John Colson, we've we got a TV now in the studio, which will be great for tennis time. Unfortunately, They're I'm not. In Australia. They are, they, it, so there's no matches going on right now. Although, if we had been here last week, of course, Andy Murray was playing until about noon Eastern that one morning last week. Um, so that'll be great for me uh, during tennis season, but we're not doing. Uh, ca- I'm having this whole crisis right now. Oh, look at you! He got me the tennis channel app, which is great because the French Open is exclusively on the tennis channel. Thank you, John Colson. Look at you! What a guy! What a guy! Most worshipful grandmaster here at Pressbox. So yeah, I'm having an issue at home where we haven't had internet for years because we live in like this valley where there is no internet. You can't get internet there. It's the most bizarre thing. I'll never be able to explain it, but it's like for half a mile, essentially, there is no access to Internet, and we just happen to live there. So we are trying out a particular hotspot, and so far, so good. So far, we've been ready to move into the uh, 21st century, and we are prepared. We're struggling with what we're going to do about the Orioles. We're struggling with that part of it is how we get around this if we indeed decide to ditch the uh, satellite provider that we've had, which I would like to ditch immediately. 
Oh, and by the way, when I do say their name, no, I'm not going to do that. When I when I do, when we finally make, I am going to be the biggest a hole ever. I am going to make the call and ask to speak to his man. These poor people that have nothing to do with the reason why this, their service is so terrible. These people have nothing to do with it. But yet I have so much pent up anger about this particular satellite provider that we've been forced to use that I am going to end up being an utter and complete a-hole when we make that uh, move and when we cancel that satellite provider. But yes, we are at home trying to finally join the 21st century and get ourselves a, a little bit of internet, which we have had to live without for the last few years. But, you know, the kids are getting a bit older and they want to they want to talk to their friends and play video games and things like that. It's a whole thing. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, to- buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, interesting that our next guest... I saw him this weekend posting about his son Peyton's 21st birthday. And then I couldn't help but notice that he was a no-show this morning on the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. Now, look, I, Mr. Radcliffe tried at Perry Hall High School to make me a math guy, but a math guy I am not. That being said, kind of hard not to wonder about perhaps the correlation of these two things. Jeremy Kahn, what say you? Did you miss work this morning because of the 21st birthday shenanigans that you celebrated with your son this weekend. No, that was actually I showed up for work on uh, Sunday morning. I did a show from eight to eleven, so no, it had nothing to do. All with right. I had a comp day from MLK Day last, ah, and ah. and I choose to use those quickly because if I don't, I forget them. That is, and a, then I end up working a holiday for no reason. Boy, is that ever a thing? Is that? It's been yeah. a long time since I worked uh, full time in corporate radio, but my God, they'd be like, "Hey, you guys are you guys are going to work on whatever day it would be, like you know the the the, the Friday after Thanksgiving. You guys are going to work that day, right? Like." We can, sure. Don't worry, you get a floater day, no problem. Like, okay. But you don't even think about it. Like, you don't even consider, you just go about your life, right? And they get to the end of the year, and they're like, oh, by the way. And my thing, and Glenn, my thing with that is that, like, you should always feel comfortable enough to come ask me if I'm willing to work on said holiday. But I should also be willing to be able to say no and not have any brushback because of it. Now, you understand it as well. Like, MLK Day fell the day after the Ravens playoff game. So, Important you know, day. it makes yep. sense for us to be in. And yeah, who the hell would not so, do a show the day after the Ravens were eliminated from the playoffs? What kind of idiot would do oh, a yeah. no show oh. the day after the Ravens were eliminated? Man, what, who would do that? What stupid MFR would not be on the air when the offensive coordinator was getting fired? My yeah. God. What, what were you thinking going to Disney, Jesus man? Jesus Christ, dude. There's so much I want to cover with you. Uh, tell me about spending uh, the 21st birthday with your son. Like you, it's really you, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, finish your question. No, I, I, I really do want to know about like the uh, what's the line between you wanting to be the guy that's like, all right, I got to be a father. I got to talk about responsibility versus my kid's turning 21. I'm going to go get effed up with him. So, yeah, my, my son has, I, I mean, I've talked a little bit about it on the air, but he's had some stomach issues. He's already had a colonoscopy and an endoscopy. Before he turned Wait, was 21. What is his 21st so birthday or his 51st birthday? Yeah, I, exactly. So we're trying to figure out what's going on with his system that's making him feel so sick all the time. But uh, um, but we still haven't got to the bottom of it, pun intended. Now, <laughs> the, the the problem being is, like, he was going to drink with us. Like, he was feeling fine that day. He did about five shots, but he kind of weathered the storm, and everything was spaced out just enough to where he, he felt it in the morning, 
but it wasn't like he was up all night throwing up. So I was kind of trying to be like, I remember my 21st birthday, oh, which yeah. actually my ex-wife, um, girlfriend at the time, I was on the toilet, going to the bathroom, throwing up in my crotch. <laughs> and she literally pushed me off of the toilet into the tub and then just turned the shower on. Uh, I don't know how long I was in I, that shower, I, but man, I know it was for quite a while. I, I have been there. I definitely had a buddy of mine who said, Dude, I threw you in the tub because I didn't know what end it was about to come out of. I didn't yeah, know yeah. where it was coming out of next. So I just took your clothes off and tossed you in the tub and said, we'll, we'll deal with it once it's done. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, that was that. But it is really weird. I mean, like, I feel old as it is, but I got a 21-year-old. So, and, and knowing me being the degenerate I am, of course, he was setting up all the apps yesterday. Uh, or Saturday, you know, he's uh, downloading DraftKings, oh, sure. Fandle, and BetMG, he's all of them, to, you know, so, but good for him. Hey, man. I, look, I, by the way, happy birthday. I like Peyton's a good kid, by right. the way. He's a very good yeah. kid, and we, we, we worked them a couple times this year. He's a hard worker, and, and, and uh, absolutely, go enjoy your 21st birthday. I Can I tell you, that the mo- you, you know what, <clears throat> on my 21st birthday, I, uh, I apparently, oh, God, this is so embarrassing to talk about it. I apparently proposed to my then girlfriend mid drunken coitus on my twenty first oh, nice. birthday. <laughs> right in the middle of it. She Yeah. I woke up I woke up naked on the floor of a strange room. We apparently were at a friend's house. I said, Why am I on the floor? I didn't I could figure out the part where I'm naked because she was on the bed. Like I could figure that part out. That was like, all right, that 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 that, that checks out. She said, I got very well, mad at you. And I threw you on the floor after this occurred. I oh, said, well. well, I don't know if this is going to work out between the two of us. Well, if that, that throws out my theory that you were trying to make her scream yes at least one time during coitus. Right. So. Oh, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Well played. Well played, sir. Yeah, well played. Sorry. Yeah, we had, that, we had a very awkward conversation the next day. She's like, were, were you serious? I'm like, I was drunk. I was a drunk that I'd never been before. It was my 21st birthday. The hell! I could have yeah, said anything. Yeah, I might have proposed oh, to, to. I might have proposed to Peyton at that point. For See, God's and, sake! And on my twenty-first, the reason it got so sideways is that they pulled the old uh, six shots of water, one shot of tequila trick on me. Ah, um, you know. And then I'm like, why are these guys not drunk? Because I drink. With, I was drinking well before I was twenty-one. I was drinking with these cats before then. I'm like, right. nobody's drunk except me. So, so, bad. so but, what about your son? What sense do you have about his alcohol activities before his 21st birthday? Uh, he's had some. Like, I mean, truth be told, I don't know if he wants to be telling his soul story. Like, he tore his labrum his junior year of um, high school sports playing baseball. He dove for a baseball with his non-shooting shoulder for basketball. So he played the whole basketball season, uh, had to have labrum surgery in his non, like, again, non-shooting, non-throwing hand or arm, whatever. And, uh, and then he went off to Newman and then he came back, uh, a Panama red, he came back, uh, you know, a, a big old pothead. So, um, yeah, he does. He didn't, he was like me. I don't like taking pain pills and he started doing, I so he's that, kind man. of, and I'm fine with it by the way. Like right. he, as long as he's, he works two jobs, he works six days a week, you know, like he handles it. He does his thing. He stays to himself quite a bit, but that's what he enjoys. So be it. I don't have an issue with it. No, oh, I know. I, I I certainly have yeah. no problem with that whatsoever. I just wonder. But I don't think he drinks much. I was gonna say, like, do you do you openly talk about those? Like, what is the line? This is the interesting part for me because, like, I want to be the parent 
that is cool with everything and tries to be the guy that's like, hey, just have everybody stay here. I'm going to take your key. You know, like, I want to be that guy. Like, I want to be that person. But I also understand that at some point, like, you also have to be a parent. Like, you have to kind of put your foot down a little bit sometimes. Like, teach me about parenting because I'm very much struggling with it right now. It's a fine line. I mean, you know, like, you always want to be kind of the good guy and not upset your kids. But, like, I was raised, like, super strict. So right. the fact that, you know, my dad was as strict as he was like, yeah, my kids, I, I kind of uh, was, was pretty strict when they were younger, um, trying to like, you know, push them in the right direction, understand, you know, what's, what's right, what's wrong, good and bad, all that stuff. But at the same extent too, like you, you got to treat them like young men when they get to that point, because all the, th- the thing that bothers me and in coaching high school kids now is like parents always think that their kids are all little angels and this and that, which it's fine. But they're still listening to the music you don't want them to listen to. They're right. watching the stuff you don't want them to watch. You'd be surprised at the things that I hear at a basketball practice filled with sophomores and freshmen. I mean, you wouldn't because you were a young man once. Dude, but, did, I, like, did you hear? Did I tell you the thing that my my five year old said recently? Did I tell you about this? No, because I'd love to hear this, bro. I swear to God, one day I'm on the phone. I'm just playing around. My five year old straight shoot says to me. Ask Siri to show us pictures of skinny women in their bra and underwear. <laughs> I swear to Christ. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where he's. I have no idea. Look, first of all, obviously I high-fived him. Let's get that out of the way first, yeah. right? Like, of course I did that. My five-year-old. And I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know if I should. I, man, I guess I talked to Rita about it. Like, I don't know if I should start calling other kids. Like, have my wife start calling around to like the other kids and being like, "Hey, where's this coming from?" Or if I should be like, "Hey, that's no big deal." Like, I have no idea how to handle this as a parent. It's so specific. He so specifically said, "Ask Siri to show us pictures of skinny girls in their bras and underwear." It's such a specific sentence. Like, what do I do with that as a parent? I wish you would have worked it out some way where you said, "Hey Siri, show me uh, large women in scantily clad." This reacted. Well, I, like, in okay. fact, by the way, I said to him, "I'm like, how skinny are we talking about?" Because I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back a little bit about this. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it was so. I, I'll tell you a story I had when my kids were in seventh or eighth grade, and we had all the kids on my my AAU basketball team come over and they spent the night. They so had like a little slumber party. And I wake up in the morning and I, I find all these little pieces of paper on the floor. And it's almost like me and my friends and how stupid we are with one another. The one first piece of paper says, take a shot of uh, um, fish oil or something or fish sauce. That's what it was. Uh, and then there was another one, um, you know, look at gay porn. And I mean, I'm looking at these, I'm like, what the hell are these kids doing? Yeah. And why was I not invited? Right, you know, like, right. This is a huge problem. That's exactly. This is right up my alley. I mean, there was dumb stuff on there. They were just doing. They were eating terrible things. They were laughing at one another. They were up until like four in the morning. You it's know, a, like, it, it sounds but, like it sounds like our Christmas spectacular. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. Jeremy Kahn is with us on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, I promise we'll we'll spend a minute on the Ravens here, but before we get to that, uh, non-betting related, because, of course, we talked about a lot of that over the years. Non-betting yep. related. The most financially devastating thing that you've experienced in your life was? Non-betting related. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like the top 10 are all betting Yeah, that's what I figured. Right. That's what uh, I figured. Probably the top 50. 
most financial. Well, I'm I'm dealing with it now. Um, I don't. I, apparently, I owe forty grand to the IRS. What? So that yeah. Wait, is that is that is but, that is? But is that betting related too? Like, is that? Yeah, it, it's kind of it's like kind of off of that from my big winnings from a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah. And and my tax guy screwed up, so um, everything was sent into it. So like. I'm still going through the process now of figuring out what the hell do you do from this point. So I'd say that, I mean, I've had situations where my car's blown up on me and then it's like, what do I do now? Um, you know, where am I going with that? But I, I think financially that would be probably the most, but everything in my life that's financially related on a negative side had been from gambling. There's no doubt. About I, that. I get that. I, uh, I'm in a bad place. I was misled. Like I was misled about how, we, my wife and I talked about taking the kids to Disney, right? Like hypothetically had that conversation. I think it's something that most parents want to do one time when their kids are young, right? Like you want to, it's, it's the place that every kid talks about dreams of it. It's the whole thing, right? So you want to be able yeah. to do it. We had a hypothetical conversation about it. I want to say about a year ago. And then she went off and talked to her mother about it. And her mother and she like decided that it was going to happen. And she presented it to me like, hey, don't worry about it. Mom's mom's going to take care of most of it. And I was like, well, all right, then I'll, I'll work around the whole thing. And her mom quite kindly took care of a, a bit of it, right? Like, quite kindly. But I was maybe misled a little bit. <laughs> maybe misled oh, really? a bit about how much of it was going to be taken care of. And... I got to tell you, man, I have been on trips that have involved hurricanes. I've been on trips that involve blizzards. I've been on trips that were impacted by tornadoes. And I would rather any of those things than what happened to my wallet last week. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. And, like, I got friends. One of my friends, uh, his his wife is in love with Disney. They go, like, three or four times a year. Uh, uh, by and, mm. yeah. I have. I They've have. got all the ins and outs. They know the places to stay. Of course, they're buying all the the fast passes so they get to the front of the line and i'm like how on well, you earth ha- by do the way you, you have to do that time? you you can't you you have to do that like you can't yeah. go you're not going to do anything like you're all the all the, the by the way it's like 200 dollars to get into the park just to be like present just to be able to say i can step foot into this ground it doesn't get you on any of the rides you're <laughs> going to spend the entire day Waiting in line for three rides if you don't buy those things. You have to do it. You have to buy all of those things in order to be able to experience it. Can we talk about when you have adult friends that go to Disney with no kids, does that creep, yeah. you, does that creep you out at all? I mean, initially until like my, my friend's wife was doing it all the time, and I know her. She just, she just loves Disney. So <sighs> she loves the ride. She loves being down there, and I guess – I mean, there, there might be something to be said about, you know, something in your childhood and how much it meant to you. Maybe you did something to your family and yeah. it's just kind of there. But, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's odd to me. But yeah, like, it, I, it creeps me out, man. Like, I just got to be straight up about it. And I've got friends that are like this, and I've told them, like, it, dude, it creeps me out. Like, it makes me wonder, like, what, there are better, if you're into, like, riding rides, the roller coasters aren't that great at Disney World. Like that, you would yeah. go to go to Hershey Park. Like they've got great roller coasters. I get being into roller coasters. Roller coasters are cool. There'll never be a day where I think roller coasters are lame. Like roller coasters are fun. They're not that great at Disney World. Like the roller coasters are are very tame because they're for kids. 
It's a children's amusement park. I the entire time I was there, every time we turned around and there was an adult couple with no kids or like I I just I got the heebie-jeebies, man. Like they would want to talk to us and I'd sort of be like, I don't I don't think I want to talk to you, dude. I got to I got to wonder if you might be on a list or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I got to admit it is it is a little odd, right? To like I don't know, like maybe maybe they would look at you for spending, I don't know, 4 grand to go see an away game somewhere. I hear you. I you hear you. I I, know, I, I I don't know. I hear you, but this is specifically for children. This place. Like, I mean, my exists. my producers follows fish around and, and spends money to see them play concerts yeah, all the time. Which I, and I is, had a, is interesting to me. Dude, I had a Dave Matthews band phase in my life. But a lot of white people of a, a lot of white people of a certain age had a Dave Matthews band phase. Like we all kind of had like a five year span where we were like, what just happened? <laughs> like what are we doing with our lives? Where I said, <laughs> did I really just drive to Atlanta this morning to go see Dave Matthews band? I gotta get a hold of my life. <laughs> like I And you did that all the time, band. right? Dude I spent, I'm telling you, for like five summers out of like out of high school, I, my my buddy and I sat down and said we we really don't want to know how much money we spent on the Dave Matthews band. We don't want to know the answer to that question. But again, at least it's for adults. It's not for children. <laughs> Disney World is for children. There's something wrong there. I don't know what it is. I don't want to do all the psychoanalysis. <laughs> But there's something wrong there. That place is for kids. Um, what was your reaction to the press conference last week? Uh, I mean, look, I, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I guess it's how much you believe that is Lamar going to be involved with, um, you know, with some sort of offensive coordinator search. Is it something where, you know, we're not being told the truth. He's not going to be a part of any of it, you know. So I, uh, it's, it's just a tough thing. Like, I'm happy that Greg Roman's gone. And I know you of were course. a big part of saying, yeah. Like, and I've said it too. He doesn't deserve all the blame, but he definitely deserves some of it. So, how, how did you feel about it? Uh, no, I mean, look, man, I I got to the point, and I said it during the year. I I think that Greg Roman, for the most part, was was more good than bad during his time in Baltimore. But the stuff at the end was just like there, there's it's fireable. You can't you can't do these things in games that matter and survive that. And so it had to happen. Like they had to move on from Greg Roman. They they didn't have another choice. They had to move on for Greg Roman no matter what. So they did that. But, like, I, and I just talked about this with Jonas an hour ago. Dude, I don't, I, like, whoever it is that you're trying to hire as your offensive coordinator, how exactly are you hiring the guy you want to hire without being able to tell him exactly what the quarterback position is going to be? Like, I, who is taking this job right now? And I get it. I'm not saying there aren't worse jobs to have. Like, if somebody's options are – being the offensive coordinator in Baltimore versus being the offensive coordinator for the new coach in Houston, I can certainly see why, no matter what, the option is better in Baltimore. But I just don't know how it is that if I'm I'm a desirable coaching candidate, I want to sign up for a scenario where I don't know what's happening at the quarterback position. Like that's it's a, it's a very awkward part of the, all of this. Yeah, and you know the the, the other part of this too. Um, Glenn, as, as we're sitting here talking about, you know, with the direction the Ravens going, I mean, everything kind of hinges upon Lamar, right? Like, and what they're going to do with him. Like, if, if the goal this year is you're franchising him and he's going to play on the franchise tag, okay, I'm listening to you, but you're in a worse spot next year. And if he's playing on the franchise tag, it doesn't exactly allow you to go out and make all the other moves you'd like to make. I mean, I'm sure they, they'll figure out something, but um, I, I don't. It's just it's a, it just feels weird because I, there's so many people I talk to that are in the know. And I hear different stories from everybody, and it's almost like, 
who has the right information? Right. Like, even when I put out something that I, I didn't put it out, it was already out there. Um, you know, Mike Preston put it out, but um, we were talking about Lamar not going for treatment and all that other oh, stuff, yeah. and it blew up on the internet. And I was sending messages, like I talked to Bobby Trossett, and I said, hey, please, guys, like, contact me and ask me where I'm getting the information from instead of saying, oh, this stuff, this guy's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking right. about, or, yeah, you know, I, you don't do this. I, I said, it's, it's coming from a reliable source, but the big problem I have with people that, that are talking about Lamar is like so many people talk like everything's factual. And unless you're in his inner right. circle or you're talking to somebody that's in the know, like, like, for example, you could think he's the greatest guy in the world, but it may be all about money. Maybe he's unhappy with how things went with Greg Roman and, and how the offenses looked and the fact that it kept him in this style of offense. Maybe he's unhappy that they, they didn't offer him the contract that he wanted. You know, like there's all types of things. Maybe he's a good guy and he's just unhappy here. And he reads all the messages of people crapping all over him. Like, the first thing that happened when Pat Mahomes got hurt, because we live in Maryland, my feed was filtered with pe- or littered with people that said, hey, oh, oh, he can go back in the game with a broken ankle and Lamar can't play on this, this knee sprain? Get out of here. Like, you guys don't know the extent of it. I mean, come on. Um, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. I, I, we are in utter agreement about this. And I, I, haven't, I haven't talked about it. I know our, my my friend. I'm, I'm sure you're friends with Banks from Barstool Sports. He's a good guy. Yeah, I like Brian, I like Brian a great deal. Brian wrote a thing where he brought up like, "Hey, ask anybody around the team. They've all heard this stuff too. They just don't want to report it because they don't feel like it's that." Yes, he's right. We've all heard a lot of things, but the, the, it's a good thing you don't report things unless you can say something with certainty. I need yeah. to know something with certainty before I'm willing to put it out there. I'm not just going to put out things, and that's that's the way it should be. We should aspire to not just share things for the sake of sharing them to make it seem like we're... Let me tell you how plugged in it, I am. I've heard something. Well, a lot of people have heard something. But I... Yeah, well, to, Glenn, to that point, and I'm sorry to interrupt, like, it, this is one of the things that drives me nuts. First off, if you look at my entire career being in radio, yeah. whether you, you like me, you hate me, whatever it is, I don't break stories. I'm not, that's not me. I've had one story that I broke and that's because it was leaked to me from a friend on the inside of the Orioles about JJ Hardy signing. I had three other things that were told to me. One of which I ran with about Buck Showalter going out for the coin flip. And it didn't happen because the other story I got was Chris Davis was being suspended. Um, Buck Buck Showalter going out for a Thursday night football game between Ravens and Steelers for a coin flip. So I reported that that was happening. It didn't happen. Everybody called me an idiot and a liar. And then the next day I get a message saying, hey, Chris Davis is going to be suspended for steroids or for right. Adderall or whatever. Right. And I'm going, how the hell can I run with your story after you just told me a story didn't happen? And he said the reason Buck didn't go out for the coin toss is because they got the information. I said, well, I can't break this story. Sure enough, four hours right. later, boom, right. the story's right. out there. And I'm like, oh, my God. But then I got the J.J. Hardy news that he was signing a contract extension, and I reported it. And everybody's like, where'd you get this? And I said, look, guys, I'm not trying to break stories, but – I know my source has been right three times with that. So, so like, I've never been that guy, so why would anybody assume that I just took something for granted, ran on the radio, and said it? Like, I don't know. It just That stuff drives me nuts. Yeah. I just want to talk about things that are going on and, and talk about gambling, for crying out loud, even right, though I had right. a god-awful day yesterday. And look, so. I, I, I love Bobby. Bobby's, you know, I've kind of mentored Bobby over the years. But th- what he did was nonsense. That was a nonsense thing that he did. And, and, by, and I like Bobby, and, I you know, I'll, I'll tell him to his face, like, when we talk the next time. You don't get well, to. I didn't, you, it, Bobby, I didn't what Bobby did. But I'll do it not not on your behalf. I'll do it because I'm mad at Bobby because he was a kid that I mentored. You don't try to say I think you're speculating when all you're doing is speculating. Like you're doing the exact. You're you're accusing somebody of doing the exact same thing that you're doing. You don't know anything, 
and yet you're mad at somebody else for speculating. What the f is that? Like, what? Well, it's nonsense. <laughs> like, see, my beef was that. So first off, and of course, it was said on our airwaves, and then it was followed by a whoop. And then we talked about it a day later. Um, it was a, or I'm sorry, a week later. We talked about it again as all this stuff was going on. Lamar when he's come when he's coming back. All those. So the long and short of it is. Ed was off on a Monday because he got caught in Florida because of that whole Southwest thing. Right. Then Rob was off and Rob Preston and I talked about it on the air. And then when Ed came back, I just threw it to him like nonchalantly in the middle of the segment, like, Hey, what do you think about the stuff that was said? And all of a sudden, like I'm looking on the internet, like this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't have any connections. He's lying. And then Preston writes an article that comes out and says the exact opposite. And I'm like, all right, did his, source get to him right what, what right, like, right. It's, it's not my story i'm not interested in breaking any stories ever like it's not I, like reporters do that stuff i don't consider myself a reporter some may i don't yeah i don't i, I don't, don't i don't consider myself a reporter either but to your point like if i know something is true we brought this up a couple weeks ago like i i had two i had two different people tell me that tyler hunt the game the the first game when lamar got hurt tyler huntley had the flu and almost didn't play and they might they literally were almost in a place where they didn't have a backup quarterback when Lamar got hurt. Like legitimately, there was a scenario that morning where they could have played was that the Denver game? Was that the game? Yeah, the Denver game without a quarterback. I had two different people tell that tell me that and somebody randomly told Griffin the exact same thing, right? So at that point, it's not even a, a report, it's not a big deal. It was just something that I thought was interesting and put out there. I had also heard days before that from someone that Odell Beckham was going to visit with the Ravens, that at the time where it had been reported that that was dead, it wasn't actually dead, and he was coming in for a visit. And I said, I'm not going to bother reporting that one. I'm not going to put that out there because I got it from one person, and that one person might have an interest in wanting Odell Beckham to seem more desirable on the whole. So I'm not going to bother with it. I'm not going to say anything at all about that. I'm just going to pass. Despite the fact that I believe the person, despite the fact that they're reputable, they're somebody that I try. I just said, I'm going to choose not to because it's not my job, right? Like, it's not, it's not my job to do it. This Lamar thing has created the most unbelievable scenario for everyone in this market because we don't have anyone on his side to get information from. Unlike, as I yeah. keep comparing it to, for years, whenever anything was going on with Joe Flacco, it was super easy to just call up Joe Linta, and not only would he say it, he'd say it on the record. Whatever it was, he was happy. He wanted to hear his voice. Like, it was the easiest thing in the world to do for years when the last quarterback was in town. With this one, it's far more difficult to get that side of the story. So, yeah, I've heard some things. Of course I've heard some things. But I... Anyone who said anything, you know which side of the equation they've heard their things from. Because yeah. we know who we're not hearing things from. Well, I, I'll give you one. I have two people I know that, that cover the team and, and, you know, like look at things. And they, regarding Lamar either returning as, as a Raven and signing a contract or getting traded, they're both telling me two totally different things. And I'm like, who do you believe? Like, who, you don't know what's going on. And, and le again, unless you're in that inner circle, because this has been – I'm not saying this is the norm. Like a lot of times stuff leaks out. As you said, agents will say stuff like this is what we're looking for. Right. They're, they're, everybody wants to be first to say the other guy's being unfair. We haven't seen any of that. I saw the report this weekend that came out about the 133 million that was offered and some of the other stuff. But 
I mean, who knows? It's just it's frustrating to be in this spot because you feel like you have your quarterback, and then now all these offers are going to start coming in, so it's going to be a pretty interesting offseason. Well, and, and look, the Ravens, there has to be a rubber meets the road thing here. Like the, this, the, the scenario where they do this again on the franchise tag is is I guess do you can do it if you want to do it. It ain't great. And at some point, if you don't know that Lamar Jackson is going to be the quarterback long term, like you do have to try to maximize what you can get from from him in a return. I'm not okay with that. Like I don't think it's a responsible way of running a franchise. But I get it. Like you don't wait until the last yeah. minute to pull that off. I would think that like the draft presents a time frame by which they kind of have to get things figured out. If there's some world where Lamar Jackson isn't going to be their quarterback, they got to figure out who their next quarterback's going to be. And they can't have every team go draft a quarterback and then suddenly say, well, we don't feel the need to go get a quarterback because we got our quarterback in the draft. Like, it's a very weird spot to be in. I think the rubber has to meet the road at some point in the next couple of months. I'll continue to say my opinion is Lamar Jackson, whatever he's asking for, unless it's so wildly, unless he's talking about I need $500 million guaranteed, Unless it's something like that, this idea that the problem is fully guaranteed, that doesn't fly with me. Your quarterback contracts are fully guaranteed. Name a quarterback who has ever not gotten everything in their contract, ever. We're all losing our minds about these words fully guaranteed as if every quarterback contract in the league isn't built to be fully guaranteed. Yeah, the only way it's the only way you're getting cut early is if you if you just don't perform, you know, or but, if like, there's some sort of injury issue. But even but then, yeah, even uh, then, the contracts are so poisonous you can't cut. Like Russell Wilson yeah. stunk this season, but the it would be poisonous to the Broncos. They would lose more money in cap space on a cap hit to not have him on the team. Like it's absolutely it's insane that we're so worked up about these words fully guaranteed. The quarterback's contracts are always fully guaranteed because you have to build them that way. You don't have another choice. You are invested or you're not. Why do we care this much about the words fully guaranteed? Well, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting how the whole thing breaks down. The other thing I would point out is there are names like Geno Smith and and Derek Carr is going to be out there, but you don't want to trade for Derek Carr. You want to wait for him if you get to that point, and that's going to make it problematic with the draft unless you – Unless you had some sort of handshake agreement on the side that, hey, we're right. waiting for you to get cut, or the Raiders just go ahead and cut him early. But uh, who knows what's going to happen with that. He's getting ready to make his rounds and start going on podcasts and talk about what happened with the Raiders, which I, I, I can't wait to hear that stuff. I, I can't wait to hear it either. And by the way, like I, I, I just I wince every time I hear that brought up. Like, imagine having Lamar Jackson and saying to yourself, but we'd have just as good a chance if we have Derek Carr as our quarterback yeah. this season. Like, imagine that. Imagine believing that's true. Uh, what's the what's the are you back tomorrow i'm back tomorrow yeah it was just a one day thing i just decided to take an extended weekend and it sucks because there i've already gotten some uh messages in my mailbox because it was terrible i had an awful day um i mean i was fine in college basketball but my top plays sucked and whatever anyway long story short like i've had are you taking off today because you have picked all those losers no i said on friday i was off monday so but yeah we'll be back with some more hopeful winners tonight but maybe some losers we'll see you'll find them of course at (laughs) pressboxonline.com jeremy Khan's picks every day at jeremy Khan 1057 on twitter the big bad morning show every morning on 1057 the fan love you buddy we'll talk to you next week thanks man i'll see you jeremy Khan 1057 the fan with us here on gcr I, i i can't like people say these things with a straight face Derek Carr. 
My, like they say it legitimately. Like my, there's my uncle said it uh, facetiously. He overtexted me, and I oh, like okay. I, I like blew up on him. He was like, I was actually just kidding about the Derek Carr thing. But people like, right, like they right, legitimately say that. Like it's an it's an, uh, it, you say it. Well, you know, you could get Derek Carr. Ugh. Sure, <laughs> you could. Definitely, you could get Derek Carr. You're right. Get Andy Dalton or a hundred percent, Jameis Winston. <laughs> Keep naming them, and I get it. Like Derek Carr, I think is more accomplished right. than those quarterbacks are. I'm not. I don't want to be utterly at disrespectful to Derek Carr, but like this this thing where you're pretending like it isn't Lamar Jackson, then Derek. Like, like it's nonsense. You're openly taking a scenario where you're getting drastically worse at the position because you're afraid of these words fully guaranteed. I can't get over this. Like, I can't get over how obsessed we are with the words fully guaranteed. You know, he might not play 17 games. Can you fully guarantee that contract? If my next option is Derek Carr! <laughs> Hello? What are we talking about? kind of fight people somebody last week because they were mad that I said that I when we try to use Lamar Jackson not finishing the last two seasons as the reason why you can't give him a major quarterback contract it blows my mind that we've convinced ourselves that someone being hurt twice means they're chronically injured to the point Obviously, the Ravens have to do their medical due diligence and something like that, the same way that a baseball team would, the same way that anybody would. You have to make sure there isn't some underlying issue with Lamar Jackson that would cause you to believe that he will be chronically injured for the rest of his career. Yes, of course, you've got to do all of your medical due diligence on that. If you find out there is some condition that Lamar Jackson has that you didn't know about a couple years ago, that becomes a factor. But to pretend like someone getting hurt two times means that they're always hurt or chronically hurt. They're only ever hurt. Is, is absurd. It's unfortunate. It stinks that it's played out this way. It's, it's just it's brutal for everybody involved that it's played out this way. But the notion that it means that you can no longer assume that Lamar Jackson can play 17 games? I mean, where in the F is that coming from? Players get hurt. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Ronnie Stanley's far more of an injury concern than Lamar Jackson. Do you want Ronnie Stanley to be your left tackle next season? What are we doing? Like, we're just saying anything for the sake of saying it because we don't want to deal with the reality of it. I talk about this all the time. This is sort of the way that I live my life. We spend 90% of our time fighting about nonsensical things instead of dealing with the actual problem. Companies would, would perform so much better if we could just cut out all the crap. Let's get, let's, everything's on the table. Put everything out there and now solve the problem. The Lamar Jackson thing comes down to very clearly, this is the cost of doing business at the quarterback position in the NFL. Are you going to do that or not? Because if your answer is, well, I don't think he's as good as Patrick Mahomes. 
you're probably right. But if that's your standard, you're never going to have a quarterback. Ever. I keep looking at the wrong mic. Or the wrong camera. There's no camera there. I'm sorry. It's going to take a minute. It's a whole new thing. If that's your standard, well, I think somebody else might be better. You're never going to have a quarterback. You're just going to keep playing musical quarterbacks. It's never going to happen. The way the league works is very simple. Quarterback comes up for a contract, they get paid extraordinarily well. You take your chances, do your best, because if you don't have a quarterback, you're effed. We are very hot and bothered by these words fully guaranteed. Again, I'm telling you from multiple sources, I have been told it might not even necessarily have to be fully guaranteed in order to get a deal done with Lamar Jackson. But even if it was, why do we care so much about those words? What scares us so badly about the words fully guaranteed? Whatever the number ends up being, Lamar's going to get all of it. It's semantics. We're not this stupid. I mean, some of us are. I get it. Some of us just don't. I, 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 and, I, and stupid is maybe the wrong word. Like, we're naive. Whatever you want to call it. Like, we, if you've paid attention, you know how quarterback contracts work. They get their money. Now, I understand it's a slippery slope for the league. They don't want other positions to be demanding. Like, I, there's a bigger problem. But that ain't your problem. Why are you scared of the words fully guaranteed? What scares you about that? When you know damn well he's going to get every penny of that money no matter what. What scares you? Joe Johnson? You know, whoever you are. Why are you afraid of fully guaranteed? The only person who should be scaring is Bashadi, I guess, right? Like... Uh, Bishotti is scared for two reasons. One, because he's going to get stink-eyed, right? Like, the league doesn't want it. The reason the league doesn't want it is because they don't want a snowball effect. They don't want other... They know. They, like, again, it's a, it's honor among thieves, right? Like, they know that all the quarterbacks are going to get their money. They're, they're, they know that. They build the contracts that way. You're going to end up paying the quarterback more money down the road. In order to get yourself more cap flexibility. They're getting every penny of their money. They don't want Travis Kelsey to walk in and say, that fully guaranteed thing sounds good to me too. They don't want Marlon Humphrey to walk in and say, I've seen how these other cornerbacks play. I think you should go ahead and consider giving me fully guaranteed. To be fair... Deserve. It, it, by the way, right now, if I was Patrick Queen, I would be walking in. After the season he had, despite the fact that Griffin, for whatever reason, tries to pretend like it didn't happen, after the season he had, when the Ravens are dragging their feet, well, you know, we don't we don't know what we want to do. If I'm Patrick Queen, I'm walking in and I'm saying, you don't you don't know what you want to do with me? It's like after the season I just had? It's like $20 million fully guaranteed? Okay. Like, go ahead and go ahead and move me. Like, if I'm a player, I'm never interested in playing around these rules makes no sense to me. Why am I doing something to benefit you? You're trying to keep me... You're not even committing to picking up my fifth-year option? After the season I just had? I get it. You just spent a bunch of money on Roquan Smith. I understand it's complicated for you. 
You know who it ain't complicated for? Me. I played really well. There'd be a lot of teams that'd be interested in my services. I hope he doesn't do that because I would I would prefer to have Patrick Queen be a Baltimore Raven. He played outstanding. But I don't know why he wouldn't. That's what I said about Lamar Jackson last year. I don't know why you wouldn't have demanded a trade last offseason. Like I I don't get it. I never understand why players are ever willing to just play along. And I get it, you could say, well, because they know the grass isn't always greener and there's worse places to be or whatever it is. They can say all those things. But I'm getting my money. Like, I'm doing that. You can say that Le'Veon Bell is a cautionary tale. I guess. Like, I, I guess you can say that. That's fine. But overall, the players still hold the majority of the power, man. Hollywood Brown was able to force his way out of Baltimore, and he's not even all that good. I mean, he was good by Baltimore standards. He's the best thing they had. But let's not pretend like he was a top 20 or 25 NFL wide receiver. Hayden Hurst had the power to get his way out of Baltimore, and he's okay. Players have the power. Good day yesterday. Had a good day yesterday. There's no debate about that. And yet did not celebrate a big game nearly the way that he celebrated making a four-yard catch against the Baltimore Ravens. It's very, very amped whenever he plays the Ravens. I like Hayden Hurst. It's a very awkward spot to be in. Such a good dude. Was always willing to come on, like... I liked Hayden Hurst. Got my a picture lot. with him at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Did you? In Westminster, yeah. I liked him. He's a great guy. I mean, he was a really fun, you know, everybody famously remembers the story of him and the girl at the airport and like the whole thing. Like, there's. Hayden Hurst is a likable guy, but like, what? The angst is it's very weird. It's a very weird thing. All right, we'll come back in. We'll wrap up uh, Monday edition of the show. Yes, uh, John and Little Rock, I'm sorry. I've not talked at all about the John Angelos thing from last week, so I will cover that and then we'll get a tidbit and tubular to wrap things up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. And he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program. Really quickly, the UMBC women's basketball team home for a couple of games this week, NJIT on Wednesday and then Vermont on Saturday. The men won't be back home until the following week, but uh, you'll want to check out the Retrievers. They have won, uh, I want to say, they lost the one game, so what, what six, five, five out of the last six, six out of the last seven, something like that. Retrievers are hot. Yeah, they're on a roll. Five out of the last six, I think it is. They did lose at uh, UMass Lowell last week, though. Uh, but they've won five out of their last six. They will be back home on February 1st against Binghamton. You can get your tickets to experience game day at the peak. Peak is great. Oh, I, do I, went, I went on, I went on Monday. Oh, you went for, uh, yeah, yeah, MLK yeah. Day. Absolutely. Could have won a TV. I didn't get picked, obviously. Ah. They do that little like golfing thing that was at right. the sports center. Right. And uh, they still do that, so yeah. You did a doubleheader that day. Yeah, didn't yeah. You? You did, did Towson, the Towson game, and then uh, had to saw two twenty-point uh, blowouts. Very nice. <laughs> for Very Towson nice. NBC. I like that. We went to the Towson game the day before we left for Disney. I don't remember what the game that, that was. was. They uh, won. Uh, I do remember that. That was no Hofstra was the Monday. Game. It was the team that just moved into Monmouth. Monmouth. Ah, uh, yes. Was Monmouth. Was. Not who does quite not ready for. They the don't CAA, even look D one ready. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to go that far, but not quite CAA ready just yet. <laughs> they are working their way. We will see how that plays out. But, yeah, UMBCRetrievers.com is the website to get your tickets uh, to spend game day at the peak. All right, I did not get an opportunity, obviously, last week I was going to talk about the kerfuffle with John Angelos on Monday. Um, Every layer of it is bad. I mean, like, just every layer of it, bad. It was bad. It it was funny because we had the conversation with Stan the previous Friday. Like, you can't announce this without there being something to announce. If you're announcing a scholarship, that's lovely. Like, it's a wonderful thing for the Orioles to do, but there's a better way to go about doing that if that's all you're going to do is announce the scholarship. You've got to figure out a better way to handle that. Announcing a public event, a pre- do, a, do a Zoom, do, a, do you know, something like that. Announcing a public press conference involving the owner of the baseball team, if it's just going to be about this and nothing else, that's a bad idea. It sets it it starts problems. And somebody needed to step in and say, we got to think this through, right? Like we John Angelos just might not think that way. He just might be the type of person where to him it's such a big deal that people should care that desperately about it and only want to talk about that. But somebody else has got to be the one to step in and say, "John, eh, we can't do that. We're 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 setting ourselves up for problems." Obviously, his response was was silly. Um, you know, Dan Connolly had every right that that you just can't you can't have this happen. You can't put yourself in this position. Somebody needed to step in 
and say, we're asking for a problem here. You understand if you're going to make yourself available, these are the questions that are going to be asked. It's going to distract from what it is that you want to do. It's going to distract from you wanting this to be a big deal. It's going to take the focus away. I think what the Orioles did is a wonderful thing. But the other stuff is too important for it to just be left alone. Whether it's in a press conference setting or an interview you know, on a radio station, whatever it is, you can't not ask those questions. You have to. That's that's what matters. So, you know, is that alone? Should somebody be crucified for it? Was it was bad? It was a bad look, but I, you know, it doesn't really matter in comparison to the actual issues. Like, is the lease gonna get done? Who's gonna be the owner of the team? Is the team gonna like those are the things that actually matter? This is window dressing. Like, it was an awkward day. It was awkward. I, I think it'd be awesome if John Angelos... I don't believe for a second that John Angelos was actually going to invite reporters to come look at the books. I don't believe that for a second. I never thought that it was real. But, man, it, you know, how crazy would it be if he said... If he really did? Like, how, how wild would it be if he said, you know what? I'm going to let you do that. Even if it was just Dan Connolly. Like, even if only Dan was the one that was allowed to come over and look at him. Like, that would be wild. But... I don't know. I, I I think it was a mistake. I think by now I kind of don't care. I care about the other stuff. I care about what's actually going on. It's interesting to me. I don't. I just happen to notice this. John Angelos's. I apologize. I don't remember if it's his wife or his girlfriend. I want to make sure I have this right because I don't want to be wrong about something. John Angelos. Um... It's his wife. I'm sorry. I, I knew that. I just, I'm sorry. I just didn't want to make sure I, I said that correctly. His wife is named Margaret. Um, we share that in common. My wife is also named Margaret. Um, Margaret Valentine. And her Twitter is at Mag Valentine. And her bio on Twitter reads, The Orioles aren't moving to Nashville. I work there. Which is just, like, it was a very, like, weird thing for me to come across. <laughs> Well, I was like just sort of diving into this last week. Like it was like, wow, that's a it's quite an odd thing to choose to put in your Twitter bio. <laughs> like what a weird kind of sentence that is. Um, I've never believed for a second the Orioles were moving. And I've t- I've told you, I it's it's silly to talk about this. John Angelos, the Angelos family is not going to be granted a desirable market that baseball's been trying to get into. Like, it's absurd. It's absurd that we've been talking about this. Like, baseball would go along with that. They've had... You know how many problems the Major League Baseball's had with the Orioles over the years? The idea that they're going to say, but you get to have this market. Stop! Come on, man. Like, we're just... Like, we can't be this dumb. Like, we just can't be. There's never been a threat of John Angelos moving the Orioles to Nashville. That's never existed. It's been created. That's never been a real thing. We have dealt with it because of other things that we don't understand, because of the unknowns. It's a complicated situation with the Angelos family between you know, Peter's lengthy illness 
not knowing about George's interest in running the team, the lawsuit within the family, all of it is very complicated. But they got they got the money. Imagine thinking that Major League Baseball is going to take get six hundred million dollars from a city, from a state, and then say, "But we're going to go ahead and take the team out of it, or let the next owner take the team out of it, to move somewhere where they may or may not be able to get six hundred million dollars." It ain't happening. We're wasting our breath. But we are, of course, interested in the future of the team and whether or not present ownership will ever be willing to spend money. Like, will the Orioles be able to spend real money to keep Adley Rutschman around? Like, that's a relevant question. As I said with the Ravens, it doesn't require... None of these things require the Orioles to be forthcoming. We want them to be forthcoming, but it doesn't require them to be forthcoming about baseball matters. Public interest matters should require them to be forthcoming. But baseball matters does not require them to be forthcoming. Um, I, I'm... I'd say I'm bothered by it. It bothered me for the day. Like I said, come on, really? Really? Why has it always got to be this? Why can't it ever be something that makes us feel good? <laughs> like, so yeah, for a day I was bothered by it. After the day, I, I kind of stopped caring about it. Like, it's, it was ugly, but there are bigger problems, and those are the ones that need to be solved. And I get that we want them solved immediately. It's just not how, like, the legal system works. It's not how like, anyone who's ever dealt with a situation where there was a family member who was wealthy but not really capable of making decisions any longer. It's complicated as hell. And it is a shame that the baseball team that we root for is caught up in all of that. It stinks. But the idea that it means that we're going to get, that we have to get answers tomorrow, I, it's tough, man. It's tough. We want them. I know we want them. But we can't force that as much as we want it. I just wish they wouldn't have announced a press conference. I wish the Orioles, in, in hindsight, as much as you want to blame John Angelos, I think there are other places to blame where somebody within the franchise should have stepped in and said, hey, if this isn't what we're doing today, we shouldn't present this the way that we're presenting it. And I thought Dan Connolly wrote about that. Like he said, I, I reached out to the Orioles. He said, are we are we doing a questions? Is this something that we're doing with this thing? They said yes. So once that's the case, it's fair game. This goes back to like why I said I wouldn't put Lamar Jackson on the show last year when he was offered to us. I I'm not gonna do this and avoid like there's a there's a line. I have no problem plugging your thing and talking about your thing and promoting your thing. But I can't be told that I have to completely avoid everything else. And if that was going to be the case, as it was with us and Lamar Jackson, then we just can't do it. Life goes on. You know, I got Griffin. It's just as good. And if that was the case with the Orioles, then somebody should have said, 
look, let's be careful about how we word this thing. Let's be careful about what we're presenting. Let's make it abundantly clear. We're doing an event to talk about this, this wonderful scholarship and what we're trying to do to invest for underprivileged kids in our city and we're doing it on a Martin Luther King Day but that's what we're doing and we're not doing anything else make that abundantly clear and then give you know the Dan Connollys of the world a choice let them say I you know either I want to write about that or I don't either my employer thinks that I should write about that or I they don't go from there but that it was set up for failure with the way that the announcement was written we talked about it on the show that Friday before when Stan was in. It, it was an awkward way. That was a bold thing to put out there for it to only be a scholarship and then not no willingness at all to discuss anything else. Uh, it, was, it was a bad look. Bad look. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free, your neighborhood Royal Farms. and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Best of 2022. Speaking of the Orioles, good things. Hadley Rutschman on the cover. Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. And again, I think it's wonderful, wonderful what the Orioles did making a sizable donation. I think that's an incredible thing. Great. Well done. Well done. Awesome thing. So I don't, I don't want that to be lost in all of this. Go ahead. All right, uh, Temple, they beat Houston yesterday, knocked off the number one ranked team in the AP poll, uh, and that was the third time that Temple has beaten the number one ranked AP team. Uh, so I want to know if you could name, if you know what team know <laughs> what? Wait, go ahead. If you you asked me who else Temple beat when they were? No, no, no. no. Okay. no. I was, I was like, say, what if the? you know what team has beaten the, the AP number one? Uh, well, at one point most. it was Maryland. I do know that. I don't know if it still is. At it one is point still, it was It Maryland. is not still. So instead it's... North Carolina. That is correct. Yeah. North Carolina. 14 yeah. times. Opportunity. Yeah. 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 Obviously. Um, I think UCLA was second. Um, and then also Brett Maher missed uh, five extra points now over the last two playoff games, uh, which is the second most uh, in a postseason career. The only player with more. Uh, d- this guy did it in the 1970s. Roy Jarella missed more extra I, points. I mean, probably a, there's probably a reason why I've never heard of Roy. Yeah. Roy G. Biv, is that who it is? Roy G. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet? It did over the course of 15 games. Wow, Roy Campanella. It's a hell of a a life. I thought he was just a baseball player. I didn't realize he also dabbled in kicking. Uh, CeeDee Lamb also became, uh, yesterday, became the first Cowboys player since Michael Irvin to have a 10-reception, 100-yard receiving game uh, for the Cowboys in a playoff game. And so I wanted to know uh, if you could name, there are six (laughs) players... Who have done that twice across uh, okay, all, from any all of them. Team. Yes, of, of any team. Six players. Six players. With ten with catch. Ten catches. Hundred yard yards. playoff games. Playoff games. Yes, they've done it multiple times. Who are these six? Randy Moss. Not. Yeah, opportunity Randy is Moss. also a factor mm-hmm. here. Um, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice has three, three games. Makes sense. Um, how about? Oh God, this is tough. Um, There's one you won't get, so I oh good get the get the five. Uh, Marvin Harrison, not Marvin Harrison. Isaac Bruce, not Isaac Bruce. Oh, right. I mean, think. Shut up. Chill. Keep it in your pants. God, get so worked up because I get two things wrong. Get all antsy in your pants. Um. Julian Edelman. That is an excellent guess, and he is on the list. How about that? Did it twice. Julian Edelman. 
Opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. You got to go to opportunity. Wes Welker. Not Wes Welker. Michael Irvin. Not Michael Irvin. I guess only the once Michael Irvin did it for the Cowboys. Oh. Yeah, Wait, but you didn't, but you didn't say. Point, yeah, yeah you didn't, didn't say, say that. Yeah. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. Not Larry Fitzgerald. Are they all wide receivers? Uh, no. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has done it three times. Are they, are they now all wide receivers? Uh, yes, the rest okay. are wide receivers. All right. Um, Andre Reed. Not Andre Reed. Art Monk. There you go. Yeah, Art Monk. That's the one I thought you weren't going to get. Not, why did I not get Art Monk? He's one of the greatest receivers of all time. What the hell's wrong with you? 2008 class. Read a thing. book. Sorry. Yeah, Art Monk was on the list. Good job. Um, John Stallworth. Not John Stallworth. Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. Three times Heinz Ward. I think it had to be a stealer on the list. Said one more. Did this guy did it twice? Tim Brown, not Tim Brown. He is from. Eh, God with you. All right, fine. It's twelve thirty-one. Uh, this millennium. This millennium. Oh, this millennium. Yeah. Okay. This side of two thousand. This side of two thousand. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, not Tyreek Hill. Steve Smith. Not Steve Smith. He played for two teams. God. And so I assume it's. This one, but I guess it's possible that he did it with the other one as well. So I assume it's possible he's. But he played with two teams that had that were in the playoffs. Thank you. His, yeah. Appreciate it. it's a dynamite. They, so they were in the playoffs, is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now that you put it that way, I can't think of who else. But you want a Super Bowl MVP? Oh, I didn't know that. Who is Super Bowl MVP? Uh, Dion Branch. Yes, Dion Branch. Yeah. Did it twice. Yeah. All right. Ten caches, 100 yards. I would not have gotten that. I can't believe that the one you thought I was not going to get out of that group was Art Monk and not Dion Branch. I can't believe you thought that Art Monk was harder than... Get that. Jesus Christ. Good <laughs> the job. greatest six receivers six. in the history of the game. Or Dion Branch. Dion Branch, one of the greatest. Only in got the... because of Super Bowl MVP. It's on a list of six guys. Only got that. Jesus. All right. Uh, t- tubular is brought to you by... Uh, problem gambling. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Here is what's coming up this evening, totally tubular-wise. Uh, Morgan State is on TV tonight. They are on ESPNU as they are at home against Norfolk State, 730. Uh, Howard hosts Coppin State at 730, so hubison.com for that. Everything else, college basketball, find at glennclarkradio.com. Australian Open coverage, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. It includes Seb Corda. It's Our been, boy. That's been red hot, very much in form, although he, he kept things more interesting against Hubie Hercotch than he needed to the other night. I don't know what, what kind of happened there. He should have probably put him away. I had to go to a fifth-set tiebreak. It got very dicey after his massive win against Neil Medvedev before that. But he plays uh, Karen Hatchinoff tonight at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, in Australia, looking for a spot in the semifinals. We already know there will be at least one American man for a second straight Grand Slam in the semifinals because Tommy Paul is going to face Ben Shelton in a quarterfinal. And one of them... This is when it gets weird, when I feel like, what did I do wrong? The 20-year-old kid is, you know... (laughs) Bro. Doing better than me. I got got bad news. I got bad news for you. I was always tough to watch the Little League World Series. It's going to be your life. It's going to be your life. It's going to be a lot of... Wow. I thought I had a lot of time ahead of me. <laughs> Guess I'm probably not going to be doing this in my life. Like I 
I think things to myself like, imagine I could get into acting or something like that. Like, no. No. It's all over. Like, Maybe. You are who you are. You're just, oh, no, you're not yet. But they, they, all well, this, you. You this is all you're going to be doing. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be happening for me. Uh, anyway, yeah, and also Jesse Pagula looks for a spot in the semifinal. She plays overnight, though. She plays at like 3 o'clock when they move everything to ESPN+. Plus. NBA TV, Hawks, Bulls, 8 o'clock, Grizzlies, Kings at 10.30. ESPN+, Plus and Hulu for Blue Jackets, Flames at 9.30. USA, Fulham, Tottenham, Hotspur at 3. WWE Raw tonight at 8 on USA as well. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, season 27, The Bachelor is back on ABC tonight. Yay! Yeah. Uh, Aaron Judge will be on Fallon. Sure. Josh Dumel for that shotgun wedding movie. I met him once. Josh Dumel? Yeah, I worked. I've taught the story before with oh. Fergie, like okay. uh, Jamal Anderson. I worked out at there oh, at right. the Jamal Anderson's house. They were That's there. Right. Yeah, I've told that story. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Freddie Gibbs all, and Anderson Pack also doing uh, music from that big big show for Fallon. I do love me some Anderson Pack. Big fan. <laughs> um, and then uh, Ellie King and Chris Young are the Barmageddon uh, duo. L King. L King. L King. L King. Sorry. Yeah. Doesn't do anything for me. Versus Chris Young on Barmageddon. Sure. We'll see what the we'll see what their uh, punishment oh, is. Whatever. Everybody loves Barmageddon around <laughs> here. It's very weird. Hillary Duff on Seth Meyers. Those are the hot All right, Very good. What the hell is she plugging? Uh, how have I met your father? Oh, I haven't gotten able to watch that 90s show yet. Oh, I, I haven't. I, I, I'm going to. I'm personally not interested. But I'm so um, far behind on everything because I was on vacation last week. But I heard, but I, I heard I it wasn't it. like, I guess. I, I've heard it's exactly what I thought it was. Like, okay. It's fine. It serves your nostalgia. It's not some great show. It's not Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, none of us thought we wanted. We were like, why are we doing this? You were half interested enough to look at it, and then everybody looked at it and was like, dude, this is a really good show. Like, this is really good. That 90s show ain't that, apparently. I haven't watched it yet, but everybody's saying it ain't that. But I'm getting enough back where, like, the nostalgia is enough for you to go enjoy it. So I might, I'll, I will. I will take a look at that 90s show when I get the chance. All right, but I, How I Met Your Father. Met your that's, that's tomorrow. not going to happen. Be patient. I'll be, I'll be, I, I was never into How I Met Your Mother. Although, I, it's funny, because people that I share things in common with, they like, you probably would have liked it. So, I just, I never, CBS comedies have always been so bad. Yeah. Like the Big yeah. Bang Theory and stuff like that, that I've just Young never. Young Sheldon? Come Mike on. and Molly, all that type of, like, just been the King of Queens, just dreck. So, I like. Well, King, King of Queens, okay. No, it was not. It was dreck. CBS comedies have typically been awful. What was Seinfeld on? NBC. I was on NBC. Okay. Yes. NBC comedies, the exact <laughs> opposite. NBC comedies, like, have always been outstanding. Parks and Rec, The Office, things like that, right? Like, that's why I gave a shot at, to American Auto and um, mm. those shows in the last couple of years. Because normally NBC comedies are pretty good. Cheers, not sure if you're aware of it. Pretty famous show. But CBS comedies mostly stink, so I never really gave How I Met Your Mother a chance. And there are people that I trust their opinion that say I would have enjoyed it. What are we doing? It's 1237. we got to go. I didn't do a show last week. You know, it's fine. We, we gave, gave a little extra today. Thanks today to uh, uh, Jonas Schaefer. Thanks also to Chris Naki as well as Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, tomorrow... Patrick Stevens. Cam Spencer is going to join us. Yes. I love Cam Spencer. Yes. Cam Spencer, of course, uh, transferred from Loyola to Rutgers. We wanted to catch up with him a couple weeks ago when Maryland was getting ready to play Rutgers, but I think he got the flu or something like yeah. that. And he was coming off a big week. So, um, but I, I've been yeah. wanting to do it. Of a lot course, of big weeks. Boys Latin, Nata, or Boys Latin alum uh, played at Loyola and now uh, killing it at Rutgers this season. So we'll catch up with Cam Spencer and stuff and things on a Tuesday edition of the program. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including...
Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and a Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Morgan. Go Coppin. Duke sucks.